Hey, everybody. How's it going? This is Joe Mignoso from Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's, the One Chicago Podcast. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hi, Shy Hearts. Happy Friday. Happy wedding day, Gina. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're hearing this on my wedding day. We're recording this in the morning the day before. <laughs> yeah, bright and early. I'm a hot mess, y'all. It's not good. But for the love of the podcast. We're here. <laughs> and we're in person. We're together, most importantly. And I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And also, our little sister Lauren is here with us as well. <laughs> hey, Mina Molly's little sister. Love She's it. Dead. I know I y'all are probably like two weeks in a row, but like, yes, two weeks in a row. We I love know. Lauren. We're cherishing the time we get with her in person. So. Yeah, dude. <sighs> yeah, people. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my adoring public. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. My brain is just like, "Mm, question mark? Okay. (laughs) We always start with the news and hey, guess what? Somebody else is leaving. Take a drink. It's like just same day, different, or same news, different day. I mean, like, really? It's a fucking Hunger Games at this point, dude. Like, that was honestly, as much as we've been expecting this news for like the last season and a half, when I got off the plane yesterday, that was not what I thought I was going to see when I got off the plane. It's just like, kick a smaller down. Like, cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. So Brian T is leaving. Just like I, I feel like this is an every week thing now that I'm just like so and so is leaving. Somebody else is leaving. Well, it's like I said, like we've been really honestly expecting this for the last season and a half. Yeah. But I still, now that he like signed a new contract and all that, like I really didn't think he was leaving. I thought he was safe, and now he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. I don't know what to do anymore. So he had a six year contract, and he chose to leave at the end of it, and so. Yeah, he, that's what I read. That like he, he six year, I thought he resigned when Apatha and them all resigned. Oh, no. See, I had read that he had chosen to leave after the end of his six year contract. So I'm guessing last year was year six, and maybe they like talked him into some more episodes. Maybe, yeah. maybe he like signed like a short deal. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know he definitely, when they announced more contracts, I guess it was last year, mm-hmm. he was definitely in on like when they announced Nick and Apatha and all them. He was definitely, and then I was like, oh, he's safe. And then it's like, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like reverse clown masks. When he stayed, we were like clown masks. And now we're like, no, he's actually leaving. Take the clown mask off. (laughs) I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Yeah. So he's leaving to direct and, you know, his daughter's getting older. So this was his choice to leave, which like. I can respect that. At Chicago PD, this is how you provide transparency and handle a character exit. Yep. Subtweet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So this was his choice to leave. He is leaving in the mid-season finale, which is episode eight, nine, nine airing December 7th. Happy birthday to me! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Gina. Happy birthday to me! Yeah, the mid-seasons being on your birthday is like... <laughs> Clown mask! 
So yeah, he's returning for an episode later on in the season to direct. But also, and I, I, I think if this had come out on its own, I wouldn't have been too crushed. I would have been like ready. But since we're still coming off of the emotional trauma that was last week, I was just yeah. like, really? <laughs> Really? Well, and when you consider, we were having this conversation yesterday, like, when you consider, obviously, Med is a season of whole, we lost Guy in the premiere, and yeah. now we're losing Brian in the mid-season, it's like, and if you want to throw Sarah Rafferty in there, although I don't count her as much, but, like, still, it's like, we're just getting a whole fresh slate of people. Yep. And people that, <laughs> not the faves right now. No. 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 A lot of newbies running around Chicago Med right now, and, like, we don't know you. So if they got in one, I could have like handled that, I could have adjusted a little bit better, but we've got like what three or four popping around. Yeah. Yeah. And Nellie wasn't even on last night. So no, it's not like then, we get to know her. And the guy from last night is gonna be a new recurring character. So yeah. it's like I don't even know. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. wild, honestly. I will say though, at least we know now that Yaya came back basically for his to exit. send him off, which I can I really appreciate. Yeah, so this sets up what could actually be kind of nice like maybe one of the best character exits in one chicago history checks in endgame sweet yeah yeah considering i don't know when they were in a relationship together before she left the show i was very anti them i just thought they were very toxic and like just not a good couple but now i'm thinking gonna be good yeah yeah i agree imagine if we get like a perfectly executed exit we're like jinxing ourselves right no, now. No, we're totally jinxing ourselves. I'm like, knock on wood. <laughs> Why don't we own clown masks yet? <laughs> I know. Because they're scary. That's, I'm just going to send you one for your birthday gift at this point. Like the mid season finale. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You just show up. And <laughs> clown, clown masks in the middle of December. <laughs> like, hey girl, hello. we're going to go find you in Hawaii. It's going to be fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, Chuckston Endgame would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of other good one Chicago character exits, and the only ones that can come to mind. I mean, Jesse Spencer is as much as we all hated to see him leave. That was a good yeah, exit. Solid. I didn't mind the exit. Looking back on it, <laughs> is that is that it? I mean, because even like Connor Rhodes. I mean, he didn't die, but, but like was- that was not a great eggs i mean i didn't like that he just did like yeah (laughs) because they ran out of things to do for him like yeah so really it's like jesse spencer that's the level (laughs) we're playing for so yeah i think brian t can be up there yeah after the last week i feel like our bar is pretty low (laughs) i know it died this week Great. No, great no one died this week. Oh my <laughs> god! They said that. Yeah. Campus was finished. We were like, no one died. This is great. <laughs> How many buildings fell on people's heads? None. Oh my god, that's a win. I feel like we need shirts, you know, that say, "I'm a Win Chicago fan. I have trust issues." Like, yeah. Because that's how I feel right now. Like, I just have major trust issues about everything. I know. Even my other shows. It's like seeking <laughs> my other shows. I'm like, wait, no. I'm like watching a Disney Channel show, like <laughs> Hannah Montana. I'm like. Are you really Hannah Montana? <laughs> <laughs> What's the truth? Uh, I'm Taylor Kinney, and you're watching One Chicago? <laughs> and he's, um, like, making the fire emoji. I'm <laughs> Hank <laughs> Boyd, and you're watching One Chicago. <laughs> that was my first and only Hank Boyd impression. You'll never get that ever again. That was a one-time well, we exclusive. Charlie's later, right? It's so funny. It's so funny. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyway. I go by the name Larissa Hawkins and you're watching One Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> episode and it was on a Sunday morning and we were like on our game and it's like a weekday morning and it's just chaos we've descended into chaos like five minutes in it's fine peace signs are out <laughs> oh I did a Hank White impression that was not on my list of things to do today <laughs> all right so anyway cool Brian's leaving but hey nobody died this week so yeah, That's I think we, we need shirts that say, like, I survived the Pickwick Theater fire of 2022. But actually, though. <laughs> but then we couldn't send one to Jimmy because, oh, womp womp. Womp womp. Anyway, um, that's about all the news we have. We've got promo picks all the way through episode six, but no, no episode descriptions. But also, no, the only promo picks we have are PDs, right? Yeah. But no, Meg got posted overnight. Related, but oh. episode titles are out. Right. Oh, Okay. But okay. still, Met PD being the first to post promo photos is like, what alternate universe are we living in? Because they posted four like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're sorry. <laughs> Take these. But there's nothing even, I don't know why they didn't post them so soon. There's nothing like spoiler-ish no. in there. Five was more, was more traumatic. Yeah. They're like, we need to post five the day Jay is leaving. Like, you must see Haley miserable <laughs> right. right before her <laughs> husband leaves. That's why they posted five. They were like, yeah, we're not gonna post four. It's fine. yeah. And meanwhile, the fire is like, here's Cruz in a Halloween costume. <laughs> not the same. Not the same. Wait, is next week the Halloween episode? I think it's so. Week. It's next week. Ooh. Okay. Oh yeah, six is up for fire too. Oh. oh, this is the one we saw. Yeah. Cool. And then the the ones for PD was the they were inside the auto body shop. Oh, it was both one. Oh, cool, 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 cool. There's Van Meter. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, so Van Meter pops back up. Okay. Fire cop. What? Okay. What is this one? So as you guys know, some crazy shit went down on fire this week with Carver. And there's a picture that I'm looking at right now. Carver is at a bar that is not Molly's. And he's looking at this guy who's got a man bun and Gallo and Mouch are there. What? <laughs> not him cheating. What? Read Marvin as Nick. Who's isn't Nick the construction guy from that episode? No. Okay. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Yeah, that's all the news we've got. Uh, There's a girl. Oh yeah, there is a girl. Yeah, I saw that. Alrighty. So so Carver's got some shady shit going on. We'll talk more about it shortly. 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 Alrighty, so yeah, that's all the news we've got. You guys know the drill. If you have anything, send it to us. You're a big help, especially in the next couple of weeks, you guys. Gina busy. Gina tired, but yes. <laughs> Gina tired. Uh, yeah, so if you see anything, send it to us. Bryna, will you take us through patron shout outs? Yes, we have one new patron shout out this week. Jasmine Diaz. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the fam. We are so glad you're here. Um, yeah, we got one patron shout out. If you guys want to join the Patreon family, we would love for you to. It is almost at 100 strong, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, you can join. The link is in our bios, on our Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Um, you can join for as little as $2 a month. And yeah, lots of cool perks. So definitely check it out. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Please, please. Alrighty. So 
without further ado, let's do this, shall we? Let's do I know, this. stretch it out, dude. Can't believe we're all together. This never happens. It's amazing. No. All right, Chicago Med. This episode was better than the first three, but it's kind of lulled again in the back half. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it, but I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was the best one, one of the best ones so far. Definitely better than the last two. I thought it was good, Lauren. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was fine. It, it was just, fine. I think every med episode that isn't as same as what, like last season was just so strong that yeah. it's like they're all just kind of lacking a little bit. I still think they're better than like the early days of med for sure. But like these interns, man. My thing with med is that I like, I know we have like four people, like we have Will, we have Goodwin, we have people that we've seen all through the seasons, but there's not like a solid cast that you can just like tune in for and be like, yes, these are my people. I don't know. I just don't feel like when I'm watching when I just like, there's like a million people that's pop up and just when they keep changing out like you said Nellie's not even in this episode but like she's around and you've got Kai who fucking sucks yeah and you've got the other intern's name who I could never remember Dr. Hudgens yeah him like I just like and I have no attachment to any of them whatsoever nothing about them is appealing I mean Hudgens is fine I guess but like I don't care for Nellie right the second definitely don't care about Kai I'm just kind of like it's like that and so when I watched it, I'm just like okay it was tv like it was a good episode right but like, like it, and now that I know like Ethan's leaving and I'm like Archer was not his I mean I like hurt now as my like new title is Archer Stan like that was not a great point this I'm just like I want to go back to Archer so like I just, just mm, yeah we're just not there yet I feel like when you've got this many newbies running around and I realize three probably doesn't sound like a lot of newbies, but it's it kind of, of is. It's yeah. When you've got this many newbies running around, you've got to get, you've got to help us get to know them fast. So we get invested. Otherwise it's just too much happening at once. Yeah. I don't know anything except Kai's an asshole. A real asshole. Zach needs some schooling. Zach seems cool. But we like Zach. Like Ellie steps the lines a little too much sometimes. She wasn't even there this week. But, like, we know nothing that attaches us Mm-mm. at all. So well, they haven't even hinted at, at anything. All. It's, like, at least with Carver, which, and we'll get there in a second, at least we know there is something there that is making him act like, like and we that. just don't know what that is yet, and it may be we still don't like him after that, but we know that there's something there that we're going to learn eventually what his secret is that's making him act like this. Mm-hmm. But we don't know anything about like, like, why is Kai being an asshole or is he just a fucking asshole who thinks he's entitled to everything? Like, you know, like, what is it about these characters that like is going to make us root for them? Because at this point, we're not even have hinted at anything. See, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and Med's not the type of show that does that. Right. So right. it's just like, we have nothing. Right. Yeah. Are they just supposed to be these like characters? And like, I could otherwise then do without them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like you tend to pay less attention when it's a character you're not as invested in. And when you're going from new character to new character to new character, you lose focus. Well, I think it hurts too, because like this week Kai worked with Dr. Toy and like, because Kai was his toy, I like really didn't care about that storyline. And I love Ethan, but like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I don't really care for this because Kai's working with Ethan and I just want to tune all that out because I don't care for Kai. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then they switch and like, you know, otherwise he's in with Crockett. I'm like, oh, well, I want to do Crockett out because he's working with Crockett. And I did, you know, it's like they switch so much because it's med that like every time Kai switches to from doctor to doctor, I don't care about that doctor because Kai's there too. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So let's start off with Crockett because this was his episode. It's as close to a bottle episode as we're going to get. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate it. I, I liked it. it. It was good. It was good. So Crockett gets in and he's all like, I'm late. Oh my God. So 
some like Elon Musk type dude in the city of Chicago is testing out what he calls a hyper train, which I'm guessing just, I, I did think you Google it? I did. I don't think it's a real thing unless it's got an, it's probably got a different name that they like had to put it under. I could be sounding totally crazy right now, but they were talking about something like some type of train that would like take you from like, I want to say like California to New York. And obviously they would like stop in like minutes, not minutes, but like in like an hour. Like yeah. it was like super The first fast. thing that comes up is I like when I Googled hypertrain, it said Texas. So I was like, let me click on Texas. Apparently this is from 2020. So it may not be happening anymore. There's this thing called the Virgin Hyperloop. Yes. It's going to connect. That's it. Like Dallas, Fort Worth. It looks like Austin, San Antonio, oh, Laredo. Oh yeah. Like, wait, is it only in Texas? No. I think when you look at the map for Virgin Hyperloop, it looks like there's some in like different parts of the country, but this is one. It just, Texas is what came up, but how it works. I literally Googled hypertrain Chicago last night. Oh, on November 8th, 2020, the first passengers traveled safely on a hyperloop making transportation history. 670 miles an hour. Yeah, that's what, yes. So it is a, I mean, whether this is like really going right now or not, but it's something they tested out relatively recently, so. Wow. It's like, it's virgin, so it kind of makes sense. Okay, so he's like, uh, basically, Archer is just like, yeah, there's a hyper train, like, the, cool. what, it's being tested out. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Pamela Blake left. Like, really left. She, yeah, really most sincerely left. She's gone. Yep, yep. And Crockett's so surprised, and he's like, wait, she's, like, gone, gone? Where did you think she went? Did you really think she was coming back? Like, yeah, exactly. That's why I, I was surprised that he was surprised. I was like, you... You, like I took that when she said I'm going to Boston and I was like I'm moving to Boston well I mean they make a they make a point when she leaves to say like oh she's going for therapy purposes mm-hmm. but like let's be real she was never coming yeah, no, ever yeah. no yeah she did not want to see that man's face ever yeah. again so then of course Crockett looks at Archer just square in the face and he goes she can't leave honey don't even get me started on people leaving like <laughs> Nobody else gets to leave ever again, okay? But, like, also, that's something that's really cute that, like, somebody in one Chicago gets to be like, you can't leave. Somebody told me it was that simple. She did. I know. And we're getting ready to have another one in a few weeks. Right. I just would have, like, run up to Jesse Stoffer and been like, you can't leave. Problem solved. That's (sighs) what Haley did. But you. It is what he did. (laughs) So wrong. So wrong. Uh, yeah, so Crockett goes to leave her a voice, or Crockett goes to call her and gets a voicemail and like, honey, you're being ghosted. Yeah, she doesn't want to talk to you. No. <laughs> and it's just not registering. He's like, it's voicemail. I have to go find her. No, Crockett. No. I really cannot deal with this storyline because like the whole family thing is just crazy to me. Like the daughter, the mom. I like I'm just like, if it really worked out, like family holidays would be crazy. Like I would be Wild. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go find her. I'll be back in an hour, which like, okay, wait, weren't you just telling Archer about how you got stuck in really bad traffic on your way in? You were late to work. And now you're going to go back out and, okay. All right. Cool. Only on med. Only on med. Only on med. So Crockett's just like walking about the city, whatever. And the road is blocked and it turns out that the hyper train is being tested. So it basically like closes off the street. So he goes to turn around and what magical timing that like the earth shakes and there's a terrible CGI explosion. <laughs> so bad. Lauren and I were talking about this this morning at like 6 a.m. We were talking about how like 
that CGI is bad, right? But she goes, she made a comment to me. She's like, oh man, La Brea's CGI is really bad. And I was like, yeah, and Med does too, but Med, Med can get away with it a little bit because they only have like one bad CGI thing, like an, an episode. episode, maybe every other episode. So Med can kind of get away with it. But like, at least on La Brea, it's like all they do. So like <laughs> La Brea cannot get away with how bad their CGI is. <laughs> well, okay. Even the theater collapse was pretty bad CGI. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I know lifting up like the blocks that looked like styrofoam. (laughs) Anyway, it probably was. was. Oh goodness. Yeah. And so like the minute I saw that explosion, I was like, oh, I see the budget cuts have hit the CGI budget as well. Yikes. Yikes. Because like you could like see through the smoke. It was just like you could totally tell that it was digital and like rising up. Just funny. Just funny. So Crockett like stands there and he's just like what the hell happened and somebody comes running out and is like the hyper train jumped the tracks so what does crockett do he jumps the barrier and practically like swan dives into like the underground station did we ever assign him an avenger no we've never we've only talked about it in the context of kelly separate <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah he like swan dives in and so as he's like swan diving in i was like all he needs is like a cape it would just like be so perfect <laughs> so he like maneuvers his way into the little hyper train which like all right mini kelly severide i see you i see you so he finds this jack dayton guy who we had mentioned earlier in the episode he's i guess he's like the fictional he's like one chicago's version of elon musk i guess so he's fine but the train conductor's kind of fucked kind of yeah kind of very fucked. fucked. very fucked real fucked, real fucked. yeah so that's like the first commercial break is him just being like, the conductor's in really bad shape, like dramatic music, black. So that's like the start we're off to, but like also shout out to the med writers. Cause like you said, Brenda, this is the closest we're going to get to a bottle episode, but like med style. Well, we never really see an episode like this. On med. I mean, med very rarely shoots outside of the hospital. Let alone they they like, yeah, they never leave. Yeah. So like, I really, like, I'm trying to think even if we've ever, when was the last time we ever had something like this? When Will's apartment got knocked out, <laughs> oh, that was the other bad CGI. It was when Will's apartment got yeah wrecking yeah. balled. I mean, yeah, we just very rarely get something like this. So, and especially with Crockett, like I think if I could have picked a bottle episode to happen to any med character, I would have wanted it to be Crockett. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely appreciate. I really liked this. Yeah. I also have some questions about this because, like, basically conductor nathan no nathan's yeah nathan is the conductor okay so conductor man like crockett explains that he has like a flailed chest which basically means that he's broken like all of his ribs and his rib cage is just kind of like floating sitting there just sitting there just kind of vibing like should he have moved him no i don't know i'm not a doctor so i don't know but like just but i feel like if But if he just stayed there in the, if he didn't move him, it could have gotten. Yeah, it was probably one of those situations where he would be more fucked if Crockett had left him. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like Crockett being a surgeon would have known, like, and even if it did cause a little more damage, it's one of those things is like, is the damage it would have caused, it like probably would have balanced out in the end. Like the little damage he may have caused by moving him probably wouldn't have mattered in the grand scheme of things. Do you sure. want to know who was fucked because they didn't move someone out of the way in time? Oh, oh, Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Womp womp. 
Oh goodness. Okay, so so then like Crockett and this Jack Dayton guy, they're talking, and hi Kelly. Kelly pops up. When was the last time Taylor popped up on another show? It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. And so Crockett, like, he's very cool and calm in this situation for a doctor who just kind of like yeeted himself into it. Yeah. He's pretty cool and calm so he's like okay here's what we need to do like you need to get me some stuff off the ambo and then you need to call med and we need to call it in and so he looks at jack dayton and he's like look if we're gonna save him we have to do it right here and right now so like crockett going all night shift in the field we love to see it what like it's hard oh man so the first bag of stuff comes down for crockett he like rigs up some sort of thing through like the styrofoam asphalt and ropes (laughs) And so the first bag gets to him from Herman. What is Engine doing there? I a little field trip. It makes no sense half the time because it's the same thing of like why when they had Will's apartment fire, why was Engine the only one there? Like where was Truck? Also true. I mean, Engine is water, so it would make sense for them putting out a fire in that situation. Yeah. But like you also would have thought that Truck was also there. I am always so curious how they pick who, I know it's probably just availability, but yeah. how, who they pick, who crosses over, what show at what time. It's crazy because it's just so random. And right, never unless it's like, it's sense. very intentional. Yeah. You know, like sometimes there's an intentional purpose, but nine times out of 10, it's not. It's not. You're like yeah. you have not been on for a while. You go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have the day off? Like you, you go, go play yeah. Ted now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So Crockett gets the first bag of stuff. The second bag gets like snagged on some rock and they have to do some like pulling and stuff. And then basically the rubble shifts and Crockett goes all like 127 hours and gets his arm stuck. Do you guys ever see that movie? No. Someone with James Franco when he goes camping in Utah. I've heard and, like, of it, but I've, I've, yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. It's a true story, but the boulder like traps his arm and he, he was stuck there for like five days and the only way he could get out was to like amputate his arm. It's a good movie though. So Dayton dislocates Crockett's shoulder because he gets it stuck and he's like, well, my arm is free on the other side. So like, maybe I can just like. I've never heard, I'm mind blown. Honestly, I was like, Crockett's a genius, but also I'm a little like, I don't even know, terrified. Or I'm like, what the fuck? I'm also like, that's impressive, but also what the fuck? That was a. <laughs> I know. We'll get there in a second. <laughs> yes, 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 okay, we'll get there in a second. But like that was a move out of Crockett that I did not. That's a move out of Crockett I would not expect from him. I would expect that move out of Ethan. I was gonna say I would have yeah. expected out of Ethan. Yeah. So Crockett's just like, yeah, okay. So like we're gonna dislocate my dislocate my shoulder. We're gonna pop it back in, and then I'm gonna get my arm free. So. Before he even does that, just the quick little like, hold on, and the deep breath, like, honey, that's not gonna help you. That's not gonna help. I'm you. like, I don't. This is one of those scenes where it's not even that graphic with like blood or anything. The sound. I was like, when just even seeing it hang there, I was like, I can't watch this. I was like, yeah. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did this part of the outline at like two in the morning, and um, you might recall when when Will had the whole thing with the FBI and like the wedding venue and all that crap. Um, I pulled an elf on the shelf joke and I was like, you've heard of elf on the shelf. Now get ready for Will with a drill. And everybody was like, That's... we did a whole thread about it. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And so this one, I like the minute he said, oh, you're going to pop it back in its socket. I was like, it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Calling me. I gotta take it. Yeah. So you've heard of elf on the shelf. Now get ready for Crockett out of socket. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. I will be exiting stage left. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that happens. Somehow Crockett doesn't pass out. Like, that's amazing. That would, yeah. yeah. And he still continues to do medical treatment with one arm. With one arm. He's Bucky. We found the Avenger. We did. He's Bucky. (laughs) That answers that. Yeah. So finally we get a chill moment because basically Crockett had like a portable ventilator sound like sent down there. He intubates the guy with one arm. It's impressive, but they finally get a quiet moment and he and this Jack guy kind of start bonding. Why are you down here, Crockett? What do you mean? Train crashes and a tunnel collapses and you run in. Why? I, I just did. You want to know why I created this train? To change the world. Chicago first, but soon every other city would see a faster, more efficient, cost-effective, environmentally friendly mode of transportation. Jack Dayton has done it again. A brilliant innovator, a hero. That's a portrait I try to paint for the media anyway. Truth is, I developed this train to make me another fortune. Money and ego have been the motivation behind almost every decision I've ever made. Every good deed. Every good deed has really been self-serving. Not like you. <laughs> no. What? Believe me, Jack, I'm... I'm far from selfless. Okay. Yeah. Well, and now that we know that, well, we know because of deadline or whatever that Jack's going to stick around for a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. So what he comes, he's now to so impress the Crockett, he just donates all this money. Like, wh- I guess I'm curious how he's going to be integrated into the hospital setting. Is he going to be like, I need to oversee like where my money's going? And then maybe. I bet you he's the fix for the supply shortage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. But then like his money comes with conditions. It's going to, it's going to be very similar to like Connor and the hybrid OR. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. At least I think, I mean, but yeah, so I don't know. Cause there'd be no other reason. reason. He's not a doctor or anything. In the last yeah. two episodes they've been like supply shortage. Yeah. Very yeah. bad. So <laughs> we can't work. Yeah. Shortage. <laughs> yeah. So Crockett saves the day because then like Herman finds another exit, which like, again, your engine, how are you the one finding this exit? I'm so confused right now. We literally got Taylor for one scene and then it's like David, 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 David. Which I'm not complaining. I love David. Yeah. But yeah, so that's all fine and well. So we cut back to the hospital and Maggie's like, good news, everyone. Crockett's okay. And everybody's like, golf clap. Yay. So that's good. (laughs) Those scenes in the hospital when they were like, they've had so many of those scenes lately where everybody just stops in the middle and like has a briefing. I'm like, you guys, like there's people dying. There's literally people bleeding out, but it's cool. (laughs) Kim, there's people dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they've had a lot of those lately, but I thought those scenes in this episode, especially when they were like, can I have everybody's attention? Dr. Marcella's trapped. We know that. (laughs) So like, I feel like that wasn't completely necessary. No. That was just kind of like taking up time. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. So Dayton and the other guy finally get wheeled in. That's great. Whatever. Can we also talk about Goodwin, like totally at the ready to kiss Dayton's ass when he gets wheeled in? Yeah, I'm not surprised. 
like totally ready. She's just like, Mr. Denton, hi, I'm Sharon Goodwin, blah, 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 blah. Why? He's just a dude with a busted knee. But they and have a money. bunch of money. But a money. Money, money, money. money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Maggie's like, well, wait, where's Crockett? Homeboy with his dislocated shoulder still insisted on running, not walking, running to Pamela's building. Yeah. So he's all like, frantic knock, frantic knock. Oh my God, open the door. It's Avery. What's up? Avery. Avery. Yeah. So that happens. And we get this scene. Pamela. Pamela, please. Pamela, please talk. Crockett, are you okay? Yeah, where's your mom? She left for Boston this morning. I'm sending these things on to her. Oh, I needed to tell her something. Yeah, she saw you called. She didn't want to talk to you. I get it. Could you tell her something for me? Just tell her I haven't been entirely honest with her. Honest with myself, really. Well? Your mom never would have risked her ability to perform surgery. I mean, you said so yourself when she was on the table. But, uh, but I made the decision I wanted anyway. Selfish. And we'll lose her. Guess I lost her anyway. I'm sorry. take care of you too Crockett. okay but we already knew why he made the call he did with pamela in the season finale that was something that we were able to come to on our own so that's the question for me was this was this really necessary no Mm-mm. well we really thought because like we obviously saw i forget her name that played what's the girl who played savory johanna Brady. yes in the opening credits. So we were been waiting all episode for Avery yeah. to come. And I was really convinced that I was like, she's going to be Jack Dayton's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's how she's going to come back in the fold. And then this happened. And I was like, I didn't need that. I was like, no. why did Johanna come back for this? I was like, that was not. It's just like a waste of three minutes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess Crockett needed it yeah, to, like, go okay with himself. Which, like, I get. But, like, we as the audience did not. I feel like it would have been just as beneficial if he like just left a voicemail on her phone like Pamela's phone yeah instead of telling her child like I agree that Avery, yeah yeah like he got there nobody answered and he was like you know what fuck it like yeah I'm just gonna tell you this all on my voicemail but but also the awkwardness of being like hey Avery here's the tea on my relationship with your mom you know the woman I rejected you for that's what I'm saying. It's so Awkward. weird. That's I, the whole this whole storyline was just weird. It's crazy. I just can't. But then it also there. I mean, there's also the moment. So he he tells Avery everything, and then he walks away, and there's a smile there. So do do we think that's closure for him? I yeah. yeah. I think he needed that. But I kind of wish there was a bigger payoff there. He'd never get payoff. Well, but I mean, that was something we figured out for ourselves. Like. I think any fan could have figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. Well, so. that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you're going to bring Avery back for more episodes, like, I would have much rather just had him realize that, or like we said, like, re- you know, him leave it on Pamela's voicemail. Like, I didn't need Avery to make that happen. Yeah. No. Unless you're bringing her back for more stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly not. So, like, it was a weird call. It was just a weird choice. 
Like, even if, I would have rather Crockett had some sort of realization with, like, Abram, someone who was actually, in, yeah. you know, like, just something else that wasn't. Because even after he said all that to her, she, she, the way she looked at him, I was like, this was, like, yeah. 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 She was definitely like, well, this is fucking awkward. Yeah. Big time. So, but also, if they wanted to give us more, like, bottle-esque episodes, wouldn't complain. Who would you want to see as the next one? Okay, given the fact that we know Brian is leaving, because that would have been my next choice, because I would have picked Ethan. Hannah. Ooh, good call. Yeah, good call. Do I even need to say it? Uh, oh, well. <laughs> well, well, but. I've, honestly, Hannah's been saving the season for me. Like, yeah. I truly yeah. love her. And, yeah. yeah. So I, well, it's been, like, Hannah and then until this episode, Archer, for me. Like, yeah. that's been, like, the two good points in this and then obviously yeah yeah coming back but like yeah right yeah right so any other notes on crockett speaking of queen hannah queen hannah queen oh, hannah i really love her all hail queen hannah yes indeed brenda take it away okay so hannah gets a patient it's a pregnant woman sharp pain in her lower back doesn't seem like too out of the ordinary at this point but Archer steps in while he is talking with Hannah and he like puts in this slide reminder. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, Hannah, you have to do your weekly drug test reminder. And it's just like, she's like, I know I've only been doing it for the last, every week for the last like six months. Yeah. And I'm just like, crap, or Archer, I'm like, why are we going back to being an asshole? Six months. Why? I'm like, why do we have to go back to being an asshole this week? You were doing so yeah. well. <laughs> we got three episodes. Yeah. They're like, that's enough nice Archer. We can go back to being an asshole. The six months is such overkill, but also now it makes more sense now that we know that he's pretty much just been projecting the entire time. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, so he's basically, he spends his whole, he and Hannah disagree on the, what is going on. Um, he has one idea, she has another, and he is basically, because he's senior and whatever, he's like trying to mansplain just every single take to her like with his phrasing or whatever and he was like was I right about the kidney stones and it's like it's just Archer again shut up <laughs> just shut up so yeah Archer's convinced it's a kidney infection Hannah's like I'm not sure blah 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 and then we get this scene we don't know for certain that's a kidney infection if it walks like a kidney infection it talks like a kidney infection hydronephrosis is not uncommon in pregnant women when a uterus gets enlarged, it could cause urine to back up and dilate the kidneys. It doesn't confirm an infection. I appreciate your determination to get a definitive diagnosis, but you are overthinking this one. You know, I just have this feeling that I'm never going to pass some test of oh, yours. God. Look, I, I'm, I'm getting squeezed by a lot of shortages, including contrast dye. If the antibiotics don't work, and if her back pain gets worse, then you could send her for a CT. He was just on another level. Yeah. Yeah. Like another level and again it was just like especially coming off of like last week where he was so we were like this is an archer stan account now and i'm like uh, i kind of clown mask back on yeah 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 and it's just like even like the deflection after she said she was never gonna pass these tests of his it's just like she she is like i really have appreciated hannah realizing like she's like having this journey about like trying to move on from her past but not every every single point that she hits she can't like it's like oh I think I finally passed it just kidding I can't hit that it's like yeah. like she is really trying hard and like no one is letting her move on from the past right because they all have these expectations for her to meet and she's yeah. like hi 
Well, I think it's really interesting when you think about like character growth too and like seeing how, because we can see how much she's changed, but no one else is getting that same view that we obviously the audience are. And they're just seeing her still as a different, you know, light. It's like, no, I've changed. I promise you I've changed. I would have come back here if I hadn't changed. Like that'll let me move on. I hate the notion that, she has to change like I hate the notion that Archer expects to expects her to change when he didn't know her before this he didn't know her in those days she doesn't know him anything well even as soon as she came back for the job right it was like him and Goodwin and then Hannah at that meeting or whatever Mm -hmm. at the dinner or whatever and even from that moment on he was like I have this vision of you and it's like based on what the fact that yeah yeah, I mean obviously you were gonna find out that she was once a drug addict and whatever like that wasn't gonna be kept from him right but it's like okay but like you didn't know her back then when she was a drug like I don't understand why he has such a clouded vision of I mean I guess it obviously has something to do with his son but like still but anyway so the patient starts throwing up blood and Archer's like okay fine you can get the CT and it's just like bruh we should have gotten that about a half hour ago but like okay so basically she just ends up having some really weird version of appendicitis, like some very rare version. And yeah, when at one point Archer's like, okay, like we'll do surgery. And Hannah's like, yeah, I'm going to join you just because, you know, something could go wrong with the pregnancy too. And she's just like, boom. she's just like, drop. that was her like drop the mic moment. Yeah. Um, but like, I do, I will say this, as much as Archer sucked last night, I did appreciate the fact that he finally came around at the end it's like okay I can kind of see that you're starting to change and that you are not the same person and like I'm gonna agree to like you don't have to do your drug tests anymore and like at least it ended like that versus start to just being like I'm not gonna admit that I was wrong and And I'm just gonna like yeah we're just gonna move on yeah this wouldn't have ended in the way it did a couple seasons ago eight seasons ago last season yeah like uh, five episodes ago yeah yeah but no, but it was like a good start. I mean, like I said, these two, like you said, Lauren, these two have been saving the season for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I just hope the next time we see them work together, it's not that butting heads. It seems yeah. like every single med duo that we've been having, aside from a couple cases, is just the two doctors butting heads until they reach the conclusion. And it's yeah. just like getting tiring because I don't know. Yeah. Well, at least I will say this. Med had had the problem for a long time of like, obviously it was like Ethan and April working together, Will and Natalie working together. Yeah. And I was like, I can't handle this anymore. Like the couples cannot work together anymore. Yeah. I will say I really have appreciated them like switching pairs a lot this year that I think has worked, but yeah, it does seem a little repetitive when it's just like them, the pair butting heads. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to look like if, and when Archer finally tells Hannah about his son. I have a feeling Maybe something happened to the son or something goes down. And then, like, maybe Hannah's that support for Archer. And well, someone's, like, I mean, with Ethan leaving, Ethan right now is Archer's support. I mean, because yeah. obviously they have all the shared stuff from the Navy and whatever. But, like, when Ethan leaves, who is Archer going to have? Yeah. It's so a good maybe question. they're building that relationship. That would be interesting. I could be here for yeah. that. I mean, especially because even last week I said, I was like, oh, I kind of like the Hannah-Ethan friendship. I was like, I hope we get more of that and now. Well, and even the week before, I was like, Hannah with Dr. Charles. Like, I like yeah. that too. <laughs> so I was like, what's happening? But yeah, I mean, Archer's going to need somebody. I mean, even just a friend. I mean, like some yeah. version of a friend, even if he doesn't completely open up to them. And so like, who's that going to be? It's going to, I guess, Hannah. Which I wouldn't hate. I don't no. know. No. I think it'd be fun yeah hannah's the best yeah we stand a queen we do so happy they brought her back i loved yeah. her yeah. would not have said that before it no, happened but I like, know. 
we're glad she's here now. Yeah, for sure. So moving into Vanessa, Vanessa, um, are you guys proud of me that I didn't lead with like Will in the outline and I actually put you Vanessa's just titled in? it as Vanessa? Vanessa? <laughs> I'm like, proud gross. of me. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay, so Vanessa has a patient who has a fungal infection, but also has diabetes. So she needs like a very specific med and oh, wait, take a drink. There's another med on the shortage list. So what does our girl Vanessa do? She says, this is a job for Will. Add a girl. Add a girl. William. William. So they're going to find Goodwin and they actually run into her coming off the elevator. And she's like, yeah, so I will check with all the other pharmacies. Vanessa's like, yeah, I did that. Um, and Goodwin's like, okay, I'll even check with like the army and the Navy and the National Guard. And so as they're walking by, we get this moment between Will and Goodwin. Speaking of the army, I heard about your brother. Yeah, Jay needed a change. I think it'll be good for him. Well, I know you two are close. I'll make those calls. I hate that it took Jay leaving for us to have Halstead Brothers acknowledge. Like, literally, yeah. we haven't had Halstead Brothers acknowledge in, like, two seasons. I think my jaw dropped when I heard her mention <laughs> yeah. Jay. I was like, she knows who he is? <laughs> I was like, what? That, and, and see, and that's not even the part that I found, the, like, the most, like, jarring. Because Every, everybody said that on Twitter, too. They were just like, oh, my God, like, Halstead Brother acknowledgement. Holy crap. Is everybody, like, forgetting that he left a wife behind? Well, Med is, of course, it's Med. Med's not going to go there. I no. was just impressed that Med was like, yeah, we're going to throw in a Jay mention after two years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it took him leaving, but like, okay. Yeah. But like, has anyone checked on Haley? Is she okay? No. She's not okay. She's not okay. We'll get there. Yeah. We, we will have, get we have there. Thoughts. I worry. I just worry, you know. They cannot find this drug anywhere, like at all. It's nowhere in the city of Chicago. It's like nowhere in the United States. It's nowhere. So Vanessa's idea is to call her drug dealer. <laughs> yep. Really? I don't hate it though. It's ballsy, but I don't hate it. I just, I mean, and I get it. Obviously the shortage of medicine and just the shortage of supplies in the medical field in general is a very real problem that's going on right now. But like, really, Vanessa? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't hate it, but it's also just like, I wish they didn't have to go there, but it's also just like, Vanessa, really? Why are you, you are supposed to be like, I thought you learned from your lesson last year, but like, you didn't clearly. I mean, granted, this is for a patient, not for herself, but still. I see it as she's being resourceful. It doesn't really, I, I, it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, all right, I see what you're going for. But the way that they made it towards the end makes it, makes me feel like they're gonna bring it back up again mm -hmm. oh like, yeah fight her in the ass so oh, yeah. it's like oh yeah so it couldn't even be like oh this was smart this was a smart move to save her patient and then we move on no. i'm like she no no it's gonna no. get her in trouble yeah so that can even be like yeah yeah but also just lol at will being like vanessa we could lose our licenses that that literally has never so ever it's wednesday it's like, yeah. you. it's wednesday about 8 20 yeah like, day at yeah. it's, just a, it's a day that ends in Y. Well, yeah. what are you doing? So their patient's getting worse. So Vanessa takes matters into her own hands. She's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'll be right back. And she runs out. If she's going to become a little mini Will, I don't hate it. I just, if this is going to be her DNR, <laughs> like Will, you know, whatever. I just hope that she then learns. I don't need her because like Will... Will had the DNR and we were like, okay, maybe that'll change the way he, no, nope. Will just, 
will. And she yeah. just went, like, I just hope that maybe this at least changes her approach to meth. Like, I just hope if this is going to be her version of the DNR, that, like, she takes a lesson from this and, like, doesn't maybe become a full-on mini-will. Because I don't know if I can handle Will, Halstead, and a mini-will at the same time. And then I'm like, too, is this going to put Maggie, like, is Maggie somehow going to get involved in this? Is that going to put her at risk if she finds something out? Like, there's a bunch of little... That could be really good, though, because the Will and Ma- the Will and Maggie dynamic is really good. And so, like, if those two are butting heads, that actually could be yeah. pretty decent. Yeah. I don't know. So Will figures out exactly how to execute it because Vanessa comes back with the pill. And Will's <laughs> like, there's one way to do this. And so, like, he puts it into, like, a little specimen cup and he, like, hands it to the husband and he's like, I cannot legally give this to her. You can, though. But, like, we can't know about it. And so he just, like, walks out. But hey, he's getting the job done. I don't hate it. But also, has Will ever met a rule that he hasn't broken? Also, question. So all of a, so she got better all of a sudden. Had to be like discharged with no symptoms. She was her infection was cleared. Did Goodwin like everyone was just like, oh cool. Like they don't know, right? Like Goodwin knew that like they couldn't treat her without this drug, and, and then, then now, now she's suddenly, she's suddenly fine. better. So it's like, and like Will and Vanessa even have the conversation that like we can't put this in your chart. Like you're gonna have to figure yeah. out how to like handle that situation. But it's like, how? So how? Yeah, yeah. Because good one would definitely be like, oh, how did that go with the fungal? What I wonder if that's gonna be the like thing. how it gets bring yeah. up is like they're reading the charts in like two or three weeks and they're like, oh, by the way, we noticed that like this, this is a weird, like yeah. you know, blah blah blah. Like it could be, you know, which like. Wow, well, because he literally, he's gotten fired for his transgressions before, and, like, he's just going to go and do it again? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh. So, of course, she just magically gets better. Magically. Magic. We don't know how it happened. Mm, no clue. Nope. No, no. I don't know. I didn't see anything. <laughs> uh, so, he then goes outside to talk to Vanessa, and basically, they're going to keep it their own little dirty little secret. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So how long do we give it before this blows up in their faces? Two I think episodes. it's going to be the mid-season. I think that, like, whatever, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not going to know the conclusion of it blowing up in their faces, and, but I think that's going to be, like, what they're leading up towards. We know mid-season is nine. This was four. Would be kind of the right amount of time for, like, give it two more episodes before they bring it back up, and then, you know. I wonder if they're going to be going through all of the cases to prove how the shortage has affected their hospital and like what specific people or whatever. And then that's when they bring up that case and they'll be like, Oh, we didn't have this medication for this patient, but she's better. Mm-hmm. We got a listener thought on this one. Heather B said, Oh, William, how many times are we going to go down this road? But Hey, at least he remembered his brother. Silver lining. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Charles and the quest for, a full therapy session in season eight um, as Lauren so brilliantly coined it last night. Oh, that was funny. Okay. Um, yeah. Brenda, take it away. I'm going to so, grab my blanket. Yeah. So basically he found, a, he thinks he found a therapist and it's going, it's seemed better than the other ones. The have. session is happening. Yeah. The session is happening. He's opening up. So it's yeah. start. We got past the paperwork. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the therapist is like, clutching his chest and Dr. Charles is like are you okay and he's like no I think I'm having a heart attack and he falls smack dab into the glass coffee table okay we were I, I know we were not supposed to laugh but 
we laughed. Oh, I was dying. <laughs> yeah. It was just a little too, like, as soon as I saw the glass coffee table, I almost knew that it was like, okay. It wasn't so much the glass coffee table for me. It was when he started clutching his chest. I was like, once again, we run into the issue that like, it's a medical show. Can these characters please live their lives without encountering a medical emergency every five feet? For real. For doing like normal human functions yeah Yeah. it's not how life works like you don't just like walk into the grocery store and somebody drops dead every five seconds just because you're a doctor yeah that's not how this goes (laughs) i live with a doctor that's not how this goes uh yeah but he so it's like he was delivering tough news and it's like maybe that was why he had the issues it's like not very clear what's going on especially because when they get to the hospital he realizes that like or they realize he didn't have a heart attack it looks more like a panic attack um because his heart function was fine and it's first they like had uh what's his name dr hudgens mm-hmm. yeah like deliver like working on him i was like dear god something's gonna go wrong i'm gonna have the intern like working on this i was like that's not gonna go well and then we never saw him again and no. i was like okay never mind so yeah he basically has like health anxiety he you know he's like i he's been reading up on a bunch of latest studies and he is convinced the doctor not charles the therapist whose name i don't remember at this point um, he's convinced that he has like a super rare genetic brain disorders. Um, and you know, Charles is like the benefit of taking the test and just getting clarity on the whole situation, which like is definitely a thing. I think, I think even just in general, like sometimes it's better to do things, even if it's a little extra mm-hmm. and just know that it's like, it is what it is. And like, you're fine than to like not do it and like be wondering all the time, like, what if, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely hundred percent agree with that this is one of those storylines where like the simplicity is exactly what you need that he's just got good old-fashioned health anxiety because that's so relatable how many of us go on with and are like oh well we're dying well i think that's been the whole the best thing about this is maybe not the right word about the whole dr charles storyline in general is that like yeah just because you can solve everyone else's problems doesn't mean you don't have problems of your own mm-hmm. yeah and like the fact that we've seen dr charles that they finally introduced well Lonnie last year with him going to therapy whatever it's like yeah therapists can have problems too and like it's totally normal mm-hmm. uh, and the therapist is like oh, well you know given that I you've kind of seen me at my worst and we've gone through all this like I think maybe we should not work out and Dr. Charles is like actually like that's kind of what I wanted like I kind yeah. of wanted to see someone like completely human and not just like taking, you know, a checklist and going down and down and like hitting all the points that they have to. So like, I think Dr. Charles found himself a new therapist. Finally. Love that for him. Finally. Self-care king. Yes. yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So we've got Ethan. Yeah. This one. All right. And Kai is part of this, which makes it a little more like, oh, Kai. Yeah. The thing with the newbies, Kai specifically, is like, what is your purpose? Like, what are you, what is your arc? Like, what is your thing? Like, what are you, are you just here to cause drama and then leave? Right. Well, it's, it's kind of almost in a some way, not, a, not the same exactly, but like a mini Archer. Because for Archer, for so long, it was like, we hated him and we couldn't even tell. We were like, is that a real story that he's telling? Like, does he have a backstory? Like, yeah. what is making him so terrible? But it took us like a year and a half to get there. Exactly. If I have to watch another version of Archer where I hate this character and I don't know what's going on with them for another year and a half, I just, I don't want it. And it's our one of our na- main newbies now that is staying. Right. So. Right. And I think, especially when we were talking a lot about this yesterday, just like, it's clear that all three shows are in a transition. Like we are transitioning into the new generation that's going to keep these shows going for another 10 plus years. 
But I think bringing in characters and not even giving them a chance to be likable at this point is making the transition a little harder. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I can't get behind Kai, but if I have no reason to get behind Kai, then why am I going to root for him for the next 10 years if he sticks around that long? Exactly. Like, I'm not. Right. And eventually it's going to come to a point where if you keep giving us these characters that we're not sure about on all shows, well, really prior and dead, PD's, I'm behind on Torres, I'm behind on Torres, but like, still, like, if I, I'm not going to root for them, then I'm going to eventually, it's going to get to a point where I'm going to stop tuning in. Well, maybe not me, but like, the audience as a whole is going to yeah. stop tuning in. So like, turn it around. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this for so much longer. Yeah. So Ethan's patient fell off a ladder off a ladder no good very bad day uh the last like specifically sized chest tube that they need went to crockett yep Yep. went to crockett in the hyper train you know whatever uh but also lol at kaya he's like crockett shouldn't even be doing a chest tube down there it's like horrible conditions and archer's like maybe i should have written him a note that said that Oh my gosh. So I love that Kai was like, so what the fuck are we going to do? And Archer and Ethan were like, we go old school. Like, duh. We go army. Like, Like, yeah. Which is why I think, I think Ethan and Archer are actually the perfect duo for Kai to learn from because they're just going to be like, shut up. This is how you do it. Yeah. Without, but it's without the ego of Crockett. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is Kai even learning? Like, I mean, obviously, like, now he knows how to do that. But I just, like, I feel like he's just so stubborn. It's just, I don't know. Well, he'll never admit that he was wrong. Because even, yeah. like, when we kind of get yeah. at the end, all he sees, like, cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. he's not, like, yeah. 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 But, like, also, Archer and Ethan won't put up with his bullshit. So while he's making, like, egotistical, stupid remarks, they're both just going to be, like, Shut the fuck up. Well, I guess, okay, so now that, again, now we know that Brian's leaving, I'm kind of thinking about every, I'm like, okay, we have till episode nine. Like, yeah. So, like, do we think, though, that Kai can at least, not saying he needs to be turned around 100, 180 degrees, but, like, are we going to start to see, like, is, is Kai going to work with Ethan for the next five episodes enough to start to see that change, or are we just going to be stuck and, like, because I don't think Archer by himself can create the Kai no. 180 change. Archer does not have that personality. Mm-mm. Like, it has to be Archer and Ethan together. So, like, will we get that? Or are we just going to then, like, still have a terrible version of Kai? It's a great question. And, I mean, as awful as Kai is and how annoying we find him, the fact that we're gathering more questions together about him as we go, it's like they have us right where they want us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know they do. And I I know they're going to pull something. There has they, to be an arc. There, like, has, there has, to has to be, be something. something. They didn't just bring, but then it kind of makes me wonder, okay, well, with Kai, we kind of have an idea. There has to be some kind of arc, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, what about Hudgens? Like, literally, they've done nothing with him except for the fact that, like, we know he doesn't, he did med school online, basically. He doesn't actually know how to be a doctor. Yeah. And I know they were, like, saying, we really wanted to bring, like, the COVID world into real, like, and so it's, like, is that just the purpose, and then he's going? Right, like, is he gonna be, like, Terry was, where Terry was around for, like, the one storyline that we got from him, and then Terry just literally dropped off the face of the earth, and we yeah. never saw him again? Yeah. Probably. Yep. I would not be shocked. Yeah. But we get a little science experiment, yeah. which is pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, so something with, like, three bottles, and, like, negative pressure, and air and stuff i couldn't tell you what it is basically it got the job done uh it was pretty cool it was pretty cool it was 
but this is where I'm like, I'm starting to like gather questions here because I mean, as, as it's going on, Devin's just like, not Devin, Kai, <laughs> Devin is the actor, knew that. Um, Kai's just like, it's totally primitive. And Maggie's like, yeah, but it works. And so I wonder if we're going to learn more about him because if we're not, I would love to know what kind of backstory Devin has like created in his head for him. Mm-hmm. I wonder what those details consist of because I would be interested to hear that. What it's like once we, because it's, I think even like when we talked to Brennan last week, it's like, oh, like they do, especially when they're not around or they don't get like a full backstory, they don't have it yet. Like they have to, they're probably playing off of something in their minds, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, speaking of the word cool, that's the best we're going to get out of him. Literally. Yeah. Literally the best. So yeah. And it just kind of ends with Ethan pointing out to Kai that like, Hey, Archer's a good teacher. And so is Crockett. Yeah. So chill yeah yeah yep got some listener thoughts on this one heather b said hated archer hated him wanted to flush him down a toilet somehow i dislike high more i didn't know that was possible i honestly don't care about his scenes with archer i at least wanted to know more about his past to see what made him an asshole kai i just don't care about it at all they've given me nothing of interest with him and i think he's gotten the most screen him of all the newbies why is he the one we know the least about yeah. all fair questions yep I think we'll get there though. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And how. Yeah. Yep. Any other notes on Med? Best episode they've had all season. It's pretty solid. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah. Next week's promo looks like chaos. Yeah. Literal chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but April comes back next week. Yes. Yes. So I'll be curious to kind of see how they start writing. Ending their. Yeah. Ending the with Ethan yeah yep moving into fire I know I know I know it was a good like moving on point I didn't think it was a bad episode it just makes me sad because you know like you said Violet oh my god she like like, that first scene when she like she looks out the window and then she just realizes like it's too much and she crawls back in bed I was like baby oh my god so bad protect her from the world yes stop looking out the window i'll protect baby i know oh but yeah i didn't think it was a bad episode i just i yeah you know like he said yeah the worst brenna get us started please yeah so like i said we're gonna start with violet but like you know like he said violet like i just (laughs) i don't like she was looking out the window and i was like i'm sure she's thinking about like oh Remember that time me and Evan like strolled sure. down the side? Like I was like, I can't handle it. And then even the restaurant looked like the same restaurant they said I love you, and I was like, I had the same thought. I was like, jail. But I was like, she was like, probably remember that like electric pole that we made out against? Yeah. Like, she like probably had all those like random thoughts, and I was just like, Oh man. And like nobody knows what to do for you know, because like you flip to the firehouse and Stella and Sylvia are like, we don't, you know, like we've checked in a little bit since the funeral, but like, you know, we haven't really Nothing. heard that much since. Yeah. And like I'm glad I will say this. I'm glad we did not have to sit through the funeral. Same. I could not have done it. <laughs> not have done it. Like even just the comment, like Sylvie's like, yeah, Evan's big brother gave a great speech. I was like, I can't know. No, stop no, it. No, stop no, it. No, no. no. Nope. Did we not need you to go no further. I was like, all we knew that at that point was that his father was in the CFD. I was like, I didn't need to know that he had a big brother. I was yep. like, I can't. Nope. 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 But yeah, like so Stella and Sylvie said, you know, they haven't really heard from her. And then later on, like Gal and Ritter are both like, yeah, we sent texts that they've gone, you know, 
unreturned, which is, I mean, very understandable, but, like, they're just all worried about her. Yeah. Um, and when Gallo and Ritter and Sylvia are talking about it, Severide's in the kitchen, and, like, they pan the camera to him, and he's, like, looking on, clearly with some sort of, like, idea, but he just stay silent so it's like okay when that scene happened we were like bracing ourselves we were like it's happening yeah so violet leaves her apartment and i think this is for side note the first time she's worn plaid yeah i yes. think one of the first times if not that i can't remember so like officially in the one chicago yeah. fam now uh, but she heads to med and it's like okay well what's she going to med for she goes in every day and sits and visits with the guy that Gabriel. Gabriel. And he's still in a coma and it doesn't look good, but Violet's hopeful because she's like, you know, he has to pull through. She's like, otherwise, like, what did Evan die for? Mm, Violet. And that was my big question last episode, too. I was like, they just are not going to tell us about the man. But yeah. so I'm, yeah. Like, they made such a point to, like, see us, to see him struggle, and then obviously to Evan, for Evan to see that, and for Evan to go over and save him, and it's like, yeah. And ask for his name. Yeah. So we know his name. We'll say yep. it. Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel. So, later on, we're at Violet's apartment, and she gets a knock on the door, and it is Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. And Love. she's like, listen, you don't want to be here right now. Like, I'm really bad company. And he's just like, I don't care. And he, like, yeah. pushes his way, yes. which I love. And we get this. I wanted to tell you about a girlfriend I had before your time at 51, Anna. Yeah. Stella's told me about her. I mean... I don't know much, but I, I know she died. The two toughest things I've ever been through were losing Shay and losing her. And for the longest time, after Anna died, I felt like a boat cut loose from the dock. Just lost nothing to hold on to yeah that's yeah that's pretty much exactly it i don't like to think about how low a bottom i might have hit if i hadn't gone back to work that's just my take having been where you are i appreciate it i really do but the differences I'm scared if I go back to work I'll see Evan everywhere it was his work too you can't avoid it that way I'm sorry to say I saw Anna wherever I went to for the longest time but what I saw even clear right in front of me was my crew at 51 always bugging me, checking in on me, and wanted to kill him half the time. But I knew that if I started to drift, they'd hold on tight. I really thought it was all going to be about Shay. Yeah. Which I would have, I still love, but like the fact that they threw in Anna too, I was like, no, my emotions are not ready for this. That was A++ attention to detail. And he's like, the two hardest things I've gone through are losing Shay and losing Anna. And I was like, oh my God. 
Yeah. I love Big Brother Saturday. Same. Mm-hmm. I'm so here for it. Same. And I feel like they could just be the best duo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. It's like we were talking about this last night. I never wanted this thing to happen, right? Like, obviously, I would have never, I didn't want Evan to die. I didn't want yeah. like, Violet to be grieving. And I would have never wanted for this scene to happen. But damn, that was like a perfect scene. It was. Yeah, it really was. This, when I was, when we were watching it, I was scared that he, because at the end of it, he says that, oh, like the whole, like the firehouse, like the family, like got me through it. Right. I was scared that they were going to specifically talk about Stella. And then I would be like, because that oh. would be like, Gallo, right? Because right like, after Anna died is when we like, get the stellaride building. Yeah, and so I'm like, they're gonna say like they're gonna try to hit up Gallo right now. I'm gonna freak out. Like I was, so I'm glad that they didn't, and they just made it like you just like you, your fire, like the firehouse is here for you. Like you're gonna leave. Or, like I'm glad they made it like that instead of being like the foreshadowing that they always do. That's a good catch. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I was like freaking out. I was like, well, they do. do have like one tiny moment of foreshadowing that I didn't even pick up on someone else picked which we'll talk about that a little later but yeah but yes I do agree I do agree and I do think I appreciate the fact because I really thought this was going to be the one scene yeah and then we saw them again Violet and Severide and I was like no lean on Severide if anyone can understand what you're going through now it's him yeah twice yeah. like I was like lean on him like lean I, give me all of that yeah mm-hmm. all of that so yeah basically Severide's just like you know listen, like, work is really what got me through, like, you should really try feeling like if you're going, you know, if you're up for it, like, try going back to work. So next shift, she comes back to work, and everyone is so excited to see her, and I was just really glad that, because there was a screenshot of that clip of all of them hugging, like, mm-hmm. going around Twitter before, and we were like, wait, Violet's happy? We were like, what is happening? I'm glad, like, I'm glad that that's what the now, knowing the context behind that, I was like, okay. Yeah. They dropped it as a promo photo, too. They added it later on. Yeah. But no, I just knowing the context behind it, and everyone just being so excited to see her back, and that's why she's smiling. And knowing yeah. that Severide, you know, I was like, okay, like I can, I can handle that. Well, my thing too was that even if like she, that wasn't even in that context, or it was a different situation, like grief comes in waves, like people grieve differently, no, like sure. a good and bad day. So even if like that was like a good day, like obviously we know that this storyline is going to be with her for the entire, for uh, most likely up until the mid season. Mid season, yeah, because we still see so, her family and all yeah. that stuff um so she does go on a call and she ends up saving the life because she's a fucking badass i mean her royal highness queen violet yeah love her and so while they're on their way back in the ambo she gets a text that gabriel's out of his coma so she and brett go by the hospital and she just sees his family there brett's like don't you want to go in and she's like no 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 and she's like i just kind of you know let them have that moment you know whatever mm-hmm. So she goes back to the firehouse and again, she's like you said, Lauren, she's feeling, she's having different waves of emotions, different mm-hmm. waves of grief. So she's kind of in a low point at that point and she goes to see Severide in his quarters and we get this scene. Hey. You have a minute? Yeah, I have a whole bunch of them coming in. How do you live with that hole in your heart, feeling that every part of you is empty? Uh, I'm no expert in grief, that's for sure. But my 
Feelings, all you can do is think of them. Talk about them as much as you can. So in some way, it's like they're still over here. I hope that we didn't limit the Violet Severide stuff to just this one storyline. Storyline, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I really hope, I'm not saying I need it in every episode or anything like that, but, like, if you're going to give it to us, like I said, Violet and Severide, like, that is clearly the only, like, that is a connection they have. So, like, use it. Build on it. Yeah. Like, build on it. And, like, build it, the friendship we actually want to see. Exactly. Severide doesn't really have friends, so, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, we never see Severide in a friendship. I mean, besides Casey, which Casey's now gone. Like, yeah. even Cruz, who, like, I mean was his second bit you know but like we never see that friendship it's not the same really. dynamic right so like let Severine have friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting that way but like let Severine have okay. friends yeah I love that um but so then we end the episode and Violet goes does make her choice she goes to see Gabriel and like she shows the picture of her <laughs> and Evan that we that Jimmy was teasing us with last week and that Lauren teased us with in our group chat for like I'm not ready for that. And she tells him all about Evan. She's like, can I tell you about him? And he's like, of course. And she's like, you know, Evan was the kind of guy who could make someone feel like the center of the universe and was worth risking everything for. And then I was just like, and I <laughs> And close. And I can't. Yeah. And it's and raining and my for eyes. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. It's like, why am I crying again? Yep. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Hanukkah killed it. Killed it. Oh, killed it. Slayed so it. So good. So, so good. I will say, though, not that I ever thought that Violet would feel this way, but I am really glad, especially given kind of the way they ended last season. And, you know, she was, she wasn't, she was, she wasn't sure about her relationship with Evan. She was like, I did all this stuff and I put everything on the line and, like, he didn't do anything for me. And, you know, and then obviously they, she forgave him at the beginning of this season. But, like, I'm really glad that they're really proving, like, no, like, he was worth, the risk despite all the job stuff despite all the and the like yeah despite all of that that like that was love and that like was her person. that was yeah her person and like it was worth it her soulmate yeah anyways yeah so sad i'm like gonna cry <laughs> i'm know. like okay i'm crying at 9 45 in the morning We're the whole thing it. about like grief comes in waves like this whole fandom has felt it in the past week which is just bananas that like you know, a fictional character can do that, but the yeah. whole fandom has been, like, going through that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's true. I mean, it's true, because, like, you know, like, there are some days you're, like, really just don't want to get out of bed. You're, like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how to go on. And there are some days you feel totally fine, and that's okay, too. You know, doesn't mean you're not so upset or anything, but, like, you just have days where you're not as upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. I just hope we keep seeing it you know and we're not just like okay and violet's grief is done now like mm -hmm. no it's gonna stick with her forever yeah yeah so we did have a listener thought heather b said the severed and violet scenes were everything that i hope they would be going into this episode and i hate why we got them but love that we did it's rare that we get emotional severed and this was a perfect example of why he is such just such a good man we need more of them together over the next couple of episodes maybe severed could take her along on a fire cop mission to break up the monotony a bit also, I'm glad they didn't show Hawkins' funeral. Not sure I could have handled that. Nope. No. No. A Violet Severide Arson would knock something off the wish list, too. Yeah. It, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. It's got to. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. 
but that's it for violet love it we got a bone storyline tonight yes a rare occurrence the rare yeah it's a unicorn sighting so <laughs> terrence sighting and when he, was the last time we saw terrence he was definitely not eight years old, which like, he is now. Is he not 20? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was he a child? And then someone's like, but he was born in season three. I'm like, I know, but still. He yeah. should still be like 20 years old. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, How does time work? Is he yeah. looking at colleges yet? Like, what's happening with him? Yeah. yeah. So he wants Bowden to come and play. Or there's a play that Terrence is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of play. <laughs> and he wants Bowden to come. And Bowden's like, I don't know. I don't think I can make it. And so Terrence is like, I heard mom on the phone. She said a chief died. <laughs> uh yeah and he's like sadly that's true he was a good man and terrence is like but you're a chief oh dagger to my heart no i know so Bowden promises he's like i'm gonna make it to the play like don't worry yeah like i am safe like yeah yeah so Bowden, squad and ambo they get called to this beach which with a gorgeous view of the city by the way i was like oh that beach is yeah can we go to the beach next time (laughs) oh yeah i'm in so they get called out to the beach where a little boy fell into a hole of sand and the sides collapsed. Okay, we have many rules of Chicago fire, right? Don't put your feet on the dash. Don't apply your eyeliner in the car. Do not dig giant holes in the beach and climb inside of them. Yeah. I could tell you from watching all the first responder shows that that is dangerous. Yeah. Don't do that. Also, how did that little boy build that? I don't think he built, like I think it was probably dug just there. there. Dug it, like, it takes a while <laughs> to like dig in the sand. Like how? Also, where was he not in school? Anyways, questions. <laughs> yeah, why was Terrence in school but that little kid wasn't? And it's a great question. Well, was he still being home? Like, is the damage is at some point being on online school for the last two years? Like, is he still just being homeschooled? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, so we are hashtag blessed with this call. We actually get Severide in sunglasses. We got Severide and Violet and Severide in sunglasses this episode. Hashtag I really, when was the, I really thought at first they were aviators that are not aviators, but still. Yeah. But still. It's good luck, though. A very good luck. Really good luck. Don't ever see Severide in sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Um, they managed to get the boy out and Bowden is kind of, you know, Bowden's obviously got Terrence on his mind. So he really shook. And especially after the conversation Terrence had worrying about Bowden's safety, it's just, yeah. 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 So, so he is shook it. Yeah. So Bowden's about to leave and he's about to leave like shift at the firehouse and he gets a visit from the little boy's dad and the little boy just kind of, or the dad just feels really guilty. He's like, I couldn't get him out. I feel really helpless. And, you know. He just mentions to Bowden and he's like, you know, he's, he's lonely. And so the next shift, he runs into Herman and Cruz and Bowden's just kind of like, God, I was up all night, like thinking about the father and, you know, he's feeling guilty because he feels like he's not there enough for Terrence either, which like, mm, mm. I love when they humanize Bowden. Yeah. And I love when Bowden goes to the other dads in the firehouse for advice. Yeah. When I love how Cruz too, it really obviously fifty one is a found family, and so Cruz yeah. is like, listen, we're firefighters, like we're there for everyone else's kids too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just when I have a kid, you know, I'm still there for you know Herman's kids and parents and whatever. Like you know, yeah. really is a found family. But then we get this gem that Cruz tells Herman that Javi's afraid of Animal. <laughs> well, and then I didn't catch this on the first watch, but Herman's like, who isn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and then he's just like, yeah, who isn't afraid of Animal? I love that. 
And then Herman was offended that his kids weren't invited to the play date. And I'm like, but wait, isn't Lee Henry like 21? I know, yeah. <laughs> oh but my god. It doesn't gosh. work, but okay. So funny. Anna Capella is just like a chaotic child's name. I just feel. <laughs> Yeah. I still need her as in part of the next generation of Chicago Fire. Though. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I need Annabelle to be in the next thing, generation. Yeah. But like, she's also the only girl with four brothers. I mean, of course she's chaotic. And Herman's her dad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No wonder Javi's afraid. She's probably the bossiest little girl when they have playdates and stuff. But is Annabelle, like, she's older than Javi and Terrence, right? I would say barely. So like 10 maybe? Maybe, yeah. Maybe when was she Wasn't she born around? No, wait. Do you no, can't be right. If Kenny, the baby, was born in season one. He's 11 now. Right, and Annabelle's older. So uh, she was like 13, 13 14. 14. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. They're like, nah. Yeah. Also, just be weird to have a 14-year-old and a play date with some 8-year-olds. But like, yeah. okay. Uh, it's okay. it's fire. Right. We're not. Yeah. Um, who is it <laughs> thank you so funny so yeah and the episode uh, ends with Bodens and Terrence they have a play date with the kid that's cute yeah so and he was like Donna's making dinner and Terrence is like Don- or Bodens like it's a rare occurrence and Terrence is like yeah she never cooks and Bodens <laughs> is like shut it <laughs> I oh. love it when they write good dads yeah it makes me so happy yeah. yeah I will say like when Chicago has like some really great dads and zaddies and zaddies <laughs> are we revisiting this again <laughs> well zaddy there's one zaddy there's in one Chicago. Chicago. Uh, the, the 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 topic of zaddy has been a very it's like you will learn this gina prominent <laughs> topic of conversation in the last couple weeks it really has it really has and i, I i'm I, I feel much like hannah and that i'm never going to pass lauren's test of like zaddy or no zaddy <laughs> Jensen Ackles in the group oh, chat. Oh, that was it. Yeah. And you're like, like, is he a zaddy? Yeah. But I really started probably with Adam in episode two. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And then during the shows this week, I was like, well, you're telling me Adam had zaddy energy in the scene, but like Jensen didn't in this scene. And Lauren's like, it's you don't have zaddy energy. You just are <laughs> Sit down, grandma. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Oh, God. The commercial combos. Yeah. Oh my God! Our commercial chats last night were—they were amazing. They were amazing, and it's part of that we could have one Chicago Wednesday in person every week. Yeah, Ugh. I'm really bummed that part of that can never like hit the nope. podcast. Nope, because it was <laughs> really <laughs> funny. <laughs> nope. It was really funny. Oh man, uh, no. it was yeah. a ranking game. <laughs> one Chicago after dark. Mm, oh yeah. man. So we got a listener thought on this one. Heather B said, Terrence is so big. How long has it been since we've seen him? A long 20 time. Years. Yeah, a long time. Also, can we have a Javi, Matt, Kenny, and Terrence play date? Um, please. Yes. Please. Yep. I just like to imagine it happens off screen in the white pages. Well, Matt's about the same age as Terrence. Yeah, I think she's probably a little she, young. She just turned she seven. just turned eight. She just turned eight. Right. Yeah. So Remember Terrence, me? Kenny's 10. Yeah. Javi is around eight, eight, nine, eight, something like that. So yeah, they're all the same age. Yeah. Stop. All the dads get together. 
adorable. <laughs> oh man. I just imagine like a dad play date scene and like Lauren lurking in the background with the Dilf Nation cap. <laughs> like her eye like Dilf's cap. Listen, it's not my fault. Like Lauren's an extra in the scene. You know, like Damien and Mean Girls when he's at like the holding when they're sharing feelings. He's like got his head and her head up. He's like, she doesn't even go here. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So Heather also said, in all seriousness, the urgency Bowden ran with to get to the kid in the sand once he realized it was a boy Terrence's age made my heart break. I feel like they've highlighted Cruz as a parent and now Bowden as a parent. And I wonder if we'll get an episode with the Herman kid. As long as they aren't gearing up to have us lose a parent or a kid this season, I'm here for these storylines. Hate to put it in the universe, but after Hawkins, I don't trust that anyone is safe. We have trust issues. We've all got yeah. major trust, we trust issues. I feel like we're like safe from them killing anyone off for at least, I feel like we got a good like three to five episodes after Hawkins. So like, like after the miss. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we got some solid time we can rest. I'm probably jinxing us right now, but like, I'm just gone. Just feel it. Yeah, I feel like we can we can settle for a sec. Yeah, yeah. So Carver and Stella. I okay. don't understand what's happening. Here. Me neither, Sam's and crazy. I I feel the same way about Carver that you do about Kai. That anytime he's attached to something, I just don't care. Yeah, like don't care because I know I'm not going to get anything because I know they're not going to give up anything in episode four. So I'm right. like, right. It's just gonna be another mysterious moment. I'm like, okay, you're annoying. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not a cute mysterious. You're not like an oh, he's mysterious. You're a okay. You're annoying mysterious. But at least we know, like, there is a we saw the scar in his arm. Like, we have some details. We just don't know, like, really what the thing is. Mm -hmm. Like, we at least know we're gonna get with Kai. We're like, what, like, yeah, what even is? At purpose? least with Carver, there is there is something you know. there. That has clearly affected him, but yeah. So Carver, so obviously, of course, with Violet out, there's a new floater for Ambo. And Carver meets him, and he's like, and that floater's like, oh, well, how is it at 51? And Carver's like, you know, to be honest, like, I'm still trying to figure it all out myself. But I feel like this is, okay, so side note. So Sylvie the whole time is, like, complaining about the floater, about how, like, you know, the floater just keeps going on and on about all this manga and anime stuff or whatever. <laughs> I didn't notice this until our friend Logan pointed out in the group text that someone had sent her. The floater is worked up over a character's death from Demon Slayer because he insists it had to happen for the plot. <sighs> and someone wanted to know if that was intentional or not. That they threw that specific yes. thing in there. And I don't know who wrote this episode. Andrea and Gilbury. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was intentional then. Yep. Rude. Yeah. I didn't pick up on it, but when Logan said, because Logan didn't watch it, she was like, did this happen? I was like, oh, shit. We don't want Ballow. We don't want it. No. Hi, we do not want Ballow. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, it did happen. Never mind. The, the plot forward. Rude. Anyway. So later that night while they're in shift, Stella asked Carver to repaint the compartment interiors. At first, I was like, Stella, what the fuck? I mean, I granted, I'm not necessarily one of Carver's biggest fans, but like, what kind of task is that? Right? <laughs> I was like, and she like expected it to be done by the end of shift, and it's like 9 p.m. at night, and he's like, what? Like, I was like, what is this? So she basically wanted him to pull an all-nighter? Yeah, I was Weird. like, I thought even like, again, I'm not Carver's biggest fan, but even on Stella's part, I was like, that's a little, like, okay. That's a little much. I thought that was not because he's even like he's like, am I being punished? And she's just like, 
no, it's so you can get to learn all the organization, you know, how trucks organize. And I was like, I think there's a better way to probably go about that. But like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, he does. I mean, he's he does half. He can't realistically finish all. It's just not gonna happen. He finishes half of it, whatever, at the end of shift. And Carver asks Gallo, because Gallo's walking out. She's like, what's Stella's deal? And, you know, he's like, I just get the feeling she's riding my ass for no reason. And I'm kind of wondering if it's the kind of thing she does a lot, like a power play or something. And Gallo's just like, listen, like, if she's making you do something, there's a reason for it. And then Carver has the audacity to ask about Stella Ride. He's like, so, how long have they been married? And Or, like, how long have they been together? And Gallo's just like, while like none of your damn business yeah and gallo finally just ends it he's like listen he's like kids as good as a lieutenant as you'll find anywhere like it is what it is like and i was like gallo sticking up for stella didn't know i needed that on my bucket list or wish list but like i'll take it yeah we're on the verge of a really really good like bro tp with those two like a mentorship kind of yeah well that's what we wanted yeah so yeah but so anyway, so later on, they're at Molly's and Trudy calls. And at first they think it's for Mouch. Turns out it's for Stella. And Stella's like, hey, Trudy, what's going on? And turns out she has to go to jail because Carver's in the drunk tank and she has to bail him out. And we get this. If you barf in my car, I'm dumping you on the ice. And I'll you don't have to worry about me. I sobered up real quick when I saw your scouting face. Do not get cute. If you think that you can go carousing, getting into trouble, and then drop my name when the cops show up, you better think twice. I didn't drop your name, or I didn't mean to. I just made a crack about how Lieutenant Kidd was going to bury me if I didn't show up for shift. I know that Death Sergeant had you on speed dial. Don't you have anyone else at all that you could have called to come and bail you out? Any friends at all? I got friends. Do you? Or are you just some kind of train wreck? Listen, Lieutenant, for all 24 hours of every shift, you own my ass. But when I punch out, that's my time. What I do, who I am, that's my business. All you need to worry about is who shows up when I punch back in. Who's the best firefighter you ever saw? Sure. Get in the car. Okay, that's, this is where I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Harvard? Yeah. I like that scene. Not like liked it, but like I thought I was like... Yeah, we know how you feel about it. <laughs> we know, but I just, I don't understand. Like, there is something going on, but like, and clearly he was drunk for a reason. We haven't really seen Carver get drunk. So obviously it has to, is it the anniversary of something? Like how he got his scar and even then, why did he get his, like, there has to be some reason he just got randomly drunk that, that night. drunk yeah. that night that like he got a drunk disorderly. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand what's happening. Me neither telling you man is not mysterious but in a bad way but also stella's got the patience of a saint she's got this guy on truck who's like being real shifty about details about himself she already knows the guy she doesn't like the guy and now she bails him out of jail and she's just like all right i'm gonna continue with like no questions asked but like you know at what point is she gonna be like dude stop like pull yourself together yeah what's up next shift harvard sobered up he's still you know and she he's like listen can you like not mention anything to Bowden about the night before and she's like um listen you do your job I'll do my job and so she runs her dilemma by Severide and Severide's will like 
are you gonna tell Bowden? And she's like, well, I wasn't, but now he kind of makes me want to. And she, he's like, well, here's your chance. Here's Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Bowden doesn't like she doesn't say anything when she's given the chance. So clearly, she's she still she knows she's got to work on Carver a little bit more. She's not ready to go to Bowden quite yet. And so later on, Carver thanks Stella for not turning him into Bowden, and we get this. It's end of shift. Isn't there a bar fight waiting for you somewhere? Just staying till this paint is dry. Then I'll go race hell. It's not bad work, Carver. Thanks, Lieutenant. Yeah. And thanks for not reporting me to Bowden. Yet. Yes. I don't need Bowden to put you on notice. I already did that myself. But if I get another call from PD or so much as catch a whiff of mischief coming off you, I'll make him aware of it. Look, that guy you found in the cooler the other night, you don't have to worry about him. This is the guy who's going to show up at the firehouse shift after shift. The best firefighter. The best firefighter that I ever saw. You said that already. I did? When? But just stay out of trouble, Carver. But yeah, she's like, listen, she's like, I don't need Bowden to put you on notice. Like, I already did that myself, but like, this is your warning. This is like your last warning. Yes, queen. Um, but yeah, again, it just makes me wonder, like, what, what are we doing? Because is it next week? I think it's next week's episode. Remember, there was the episode description about Carver's chaotic person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that next? That's next week. Next week. So. Chaotic. Chaotic. That's a word. That that is a choice. Yep. That is a choice. Uh, Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I don't know. I just hope they don't keep dragging this out forever. Because it's getting really hard. Like I said, it's easy to root, like, like last season with Pelham. Pelham was kind of not as bad as Harbor was, but it was like, we didn't really root for Pelham until our favorites started rooting for Pelham. Mm -hmm. And so, like, once Gallo got behind him, once Stella got behind him, it was like, okay, like, I can root for this guy now. He's fine. I need that to happen with Carver. Yeah. Yeah. Like enough, enough. Like just tell us what's up. Yeah. Just tell us. And I think it'll be good. I mean, good is maybe a relative term. Like I think it'll be interesting once they finally tell us. Like I think they're setting up for probably an interesting storyline, but Mm -hmm. like I just, I'm ready for it at this point. Yeah. Um, So later on at Molly's, Stella tells Severide, she's like, I'm surprised Carver didn't show. And then she's like, you know, thank you for getting Violet back to work. He's like, Severide's like, it wasn't me. It was everyone. And she's like, I knew you would say that. It's one of the reasons you're my perfect man. And it's like, oh, happy Severide. I love that every episode, almost every episode ends in them being like, I love you. I love you too. Well, we got, it's the only good ship we got going right now. Literally. All they got running. In all of one Chicago. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. in the house oh perfect yeah perfect's in a good place for them yeah yeah yeah. for them yeah 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 but yeah so heather b said i may be the one lone person in the boat here but i feel like stella's being really harsh with carver i do hope we get his actual backstory sometime in the near future because i feel like it's being drug out a little too much i do think we will find out carver isn't who stella thinks he is and i'm hoping he's not going to try to become between Stellarite after his question to Gallo, even if it is revealed that he had a crush on Stella at the Academy or something. <laughs> Interesting. I'm gonna... I could see that. I could, I could kind of see that. I'm just saying. 
Yes, Lauren, we know what your thoughts are. <laughs> we know. So the thing is, he definitely deserved to get reprimanded by Stella, but it does not make, but does it not make her think that someone else must be going, something else must be going on if she's the one who gets called? I'm ready for her to be the Stella we know is a good leader and not just phoning it in because she doesn't like the guy and Bowden made her take him on. If this was anyone else, she would be more concerned, but we've never seen her lead someone she hates before. And I'm ready to, for her to come to the realization that it is affecting her and making 51 an unwelcome place for him like it's never been for anyone else. Interesting. I don't think it's making him it's, it's not making an unwelcome place it's, it's just, just making that, it a place that he's like just existing versus like yeah. really feel, like we haven't seen him interact with anyone else so like i think and i think a large part of that is stella's hesitancy to accept him into the fold mm-hmm. yeah and i think once she does do that then maybe we'll see him bond with other people but until then it's like there's carver and everyone else yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so Mouch and Herman, Mouch and Herman, they get a random package from the estate trust of Spiro Stephanides. This guy. This guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Oh, man. Can I call it? Yeah. Truly. But actually, though, it's a random old beer stein that they get, but it turns out it's not a random old beer stein. It's from 1892, and it's a collector's item worth, like, a couple grand. Yeah. So they put it up for sale. It sells for $12,000. You would think they won the lottery at the firehouse the way they're like running around and celebrating. Literally only David and Christian though could do that scene where like Matt's like, or I don't remember who throws who on whose shoulder, but like literally only David and Christian could do that and pull it up. Like literally only them. That's so funny. It's hysterical. It is. So they decide to throw a celebration at Molly's and who shows up but Spiro Stephanides. He sent it to Molly's for tax purposes. <laughs> I will say, though, I really did not think that was what was going to happen. I thought they were going to, like, break the sign. Something yeah. was going to go wrong with the sale, so they spent all the money they didn't actually have. Like, I really thought that was where they were going with it. And then he showed up. I was like, that was actually good. I was like, that was a good yeah, good out, twist. Yeah. yeah, good fake out. Oh, my God. That scene, though, when, like, Herman's on the phone and Mouch keeps moving the stein and then he, like, <laughs> jumps out of his seat to save it. Apparently, I saw, like, that was one of the facts that, like, Wolf Entertainment tweeted out last night, that apparently they had, like, three or four extra steins, like, just in case that one actually broke, they, like, had other ones to replace, but that was funny. Uh, definitely funny. Definitely funny. Um, yeah, and then last up, we've got Gallo. We have this random Gallo storyline that's still there, that, like, basically... <laughs> At one point, Tracy, remember Herman's niece, is like still flirting with Gallo, and he's like, "I don't know, I'm hesitant." Like, I literally cannot with this. I know. I literally cannot with this at all. And she's like, "But Uncle Christopher wouldn't care," and he's like, "I don't know about that." And like, you know, it just and then just when Gallo thinks like maybe I'll go for it. We hear Herman say to Cap, like, even though Cap really didn't do anything, he just thinks that Cap looked at her weird. And so Herman's like, no, don't go there. <laughs> so obviously it seems like Herman will have a problem with it, but it's just like, <sighs> okay. And the way that they're still continuing this just to be like, Gallo doesn't care about Violet Keys moving on. Like, if you were going to have him actually move on, give him an actual, actual love interest. Yeah. I'm so upset. I cannot. Anyways. It's so annoying. If they hadn't done what they did to Gallo last season, I would be more forgiving. But they made Gallo look like a little brat. Well, I think, and we we talked about this too, I know it ad nauseum, but like at this point, 
I think even if they had done what they did, like we were in the same place, like they did everything they did Gala last year, but like they just ended Hakami versus like killing off Hawkins. Yeah. Like if Hakami had just ended the way they ended at the end of season 10, I'm not saying I would have accepted Gala. It would have taken a lot more to get there, but I could have moved on better with it knowing like Hakami ended because Evan died, not because they broke up. They got in a fight. He treated her terribly. Like just the love of her life. Right. Like we're just in that morning like he was you know mm-hmm. I mean that was the same way like on station 19 and I know they're two different circumstances but for the long time I was like no one's ever gonna replace Ripley like I'm not ready to move on I mean eventually I moved on and it was fine but like I, it, it, because he died not because they broke up yeah. like I was not ready to move on because he died not because they broke up so I think they would have had a better chance of people moving on with Valo if they just broke up Hakami versus killing, killing him. him yeah so that's where we're at. I mean, good episode. Yeah. No, I was like, I think it was the, I mean, definitely the best they were going to do, you know. Yeah. I mean, no, it was like, I mean, Violet, Hanako's just a star at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Fire and PD both did a really good job of like acknowledging what happened last week, but not sitting in it too long. I was afraid that that's what was going to happen was that like this week was going to be like the Hawkins Halstead Memorial. Yeah like week and they did a good job of being like okay something bad happened let's like acknowledge that for a second and then let's move forward yeah i think that made when chicago wednesday a lot easier this week yeah okay it's pd time it is all right pd this was our first ever torres episode i loved it loved it loved it i really i really liked how for the first like five six seven minutes however long whatever the stretch of time it was we really were in Torres's POV. Yeah. Like, I thought that made all the difference in the so world. Good. Like, it was just, a, it was a great opening, whatever, like, said section. I don't know what the term is called, but, like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bummed I didn't get to rewatch this one, but, yeah. It, it, was... it's re- it really, I think, even better on mm-hmm. rewatch. Yeah. I sure. really enjoyed it. Um, Brenna, why don't you start us off with this one, just because I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, so the episode kicks off and we have, like I said, we're in Torres' POV and intelligent, each member of intelligence is teaching him like different parts of the job. I love that. So I thought I think it was, it was my favorite part of the episode was watching them all teach them the little chips and tricks that they do and yeah. like really taking him under their wing. What I thought I love, the thing that I also loved about it too, which I mean, it's hard to watch, but like Haley wasn't in that because she's not there yet she's like not emotionally ready there, to like yeah. be there and like, we see, see her, her walk by a couple times like he walks by when kim is with him and that's when he asks he's like is jay really gone and kim's like yeah i think so yeah and th- but that's where we leave it at like there's yeah. not a lot of other discussion like that's kind of where we're at and then, and then you then, see adam well yeah well we see him with kevin and then we see him with adam and you know adam's teaches him like the most random things he's like basically <laughs> he's like um don't eat my food and make sure you always leave a coffee pot full (laughs) and then he switches and like again Haley walks by and Adam's like listen like it's gonna be really weird for a while without Jay just yeah it's gonna be really weird just like that look he gave Haley too was like I was like upset friendship right right and I think it's clear that like they're all trying to respect Haley and like not push her to talk like obviously she'll talk when she's ready to talk mm-hmm. but it's clear that like they they're all worried. all worried about her yeah she's like, clearly grieving like she's right. clearly not doing well no 
but yeah, I just, I thought the way that that whole beginning was structured was really well done. And smart. Um, yeah. And then we even go so far as so like Taurus goes home at the end of the day. And oh, first of all, we have Trudy and I love the little Trudy Taurus interaction because yes. Taurus just doesn't know what to say. He's not like used to Trudy yet. And she's just like scolding him for not putting the evidence in her book. Like, this <laughs> like, is how I protect you. Like you need to do this. And he's just like, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> back to like the patrol days with Kim and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. I thought that was great. And then we go home. So Taurus goes home and we even get to meet Mama Taurus, which I thought was really cool. And yes. I love that they did this whole scene in Spanish. Yes. yes. I thought that really worked too. Yeah. That's really awesome. Good. And they had even the whole um, like captions. I just, I thought it was really well done. Um, so this whole time, this whole scene is going on. Taurus has been getting calls from Proby, who we don't know at that point, but he keeps ignoring them. Um, as we ter- turns out, Proby is just like an older woman in the neighborhood that his family's been friends with for a long time. So he decides he's going to go over and check on her. And basically, when he gets there, he finds the door open. The house has clearly been broken into, and he finds the body, and it's been gunshot wound. She's not alive. And that scene, when Taurus calls it in, I was like, oh my god no like he's like this is 5021 ocean he's like i'm with intelligence like he i was like oh my god yeah he's so yeah. new so so baby yeah well just benjamin just like i thought benjamin did great yeah in this episode i really i really he killed it um so yeah so Voight shows up on the scene Voight's first one there and basically Voight's like listen like you know because this is obviously someone he knew this is it, towards his neighborhood and he's like listen like if intelligence takes this like it could get complicated for you you know like we're gonna go basically to the ends of the earth to get you know who is behind it and like that could cause issues and towards like i know so it's like okay intelligence is on it like let's go so intelligence takes over and at first it kind of looks like it's just a normal robbery and it looks like that until we find a bag of clock switches. And Taurus is like, listen, like, that can't be Proby's. Like, she's, you know, clean. Like, she's not in the game. And he's like, she's good people. And Haley's the one that found the bag. And she's just like, listen, like, people are a lot of things. You might not know her as good as you think you do. Oh. And it's like, that is such a dig at Jay. But, like, oh. that's clearly where Haley's at. Yeah. I. Yeah. And the thing that bugs me, and even the pun where you watch me, it's like that scene could have been so avoided if Jay had just communicated Communic- with his wife. Yeah. And it, that, it, it, we don't know how, like, probably not a lot of time has passed since the last episode, but yeah, maybe like a week or so, week. I would say. But it's like clearly they're not well, they on good terms no, at all. No. At all. And I know people are going to say, well, like, well, she's still wearing the ring. Still- yeah, she is still wearing the ring. She is married. She's not like, they're not getting a divorce. No, but they're but like, they're not in a good place. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we'll see what happens next week too, being the fact that it's not an episode, but like, these kind of things, like you can never come back from, and just because someone legally stays married doesn't mean they're in a good place. Right. I'm hoping that next week it'll be, where she's clearly going to go through something next week and like traumatic. And well, yeah, so, we saw her get hit yeah, with a baseball bat. I'm hoping that, like, the end is, like, her, like, calling Jay and being, like, I just really want to talk to you, or, like, just, like, something like that, where you're, like, okay, yeah. like, upset, it's on a, be- it's better on better right. terms. Or, like, heading towards better, better terms. terms. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, clearly I they are so not okay. Not okay. So, basically, you know, given the neighborhood and everything, there's very, 
there's not like a ton of footage or, you know, there's not a bunch, they do find some security footage basically showing a car speeding down the block at that time. It's registered to this guy, Ramiro Diaz. So Kevin and Torres go after him and they meet him in this park, you know, and they're questioning him or whatever. And he's like, I swear I didn't kill the lady. And they're like, I, did I say anything about killing the lady? Like, <laughs> not me. No, I didn't say that. And basically, then, you know, Ramiro and Torres kind of get into it. But, like, I was so impressed with Torres that, like, he handled it like a pro. He was like, oh, wait, I'm going to arrest you for that bag of weed in your pocket, whatever. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to cooperate? That's fine. I can get you for that. And then Ramiro goes after him. And he's like, oh, just kidding. You assaulted an officer. Like, yeah. that's not what I Like, I just, I was so impressed with the way Torres handled that. And all the while, Kevin is standing there looking on like a proud dad. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, somebody like somebody said something about, like, arresting him for assaulting an officer. And Kevin's like, what do you mean you're surprised? He just assaulted a police officer. Yeah. 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 Kevin's like, yeah, you know what he, you watched what happened, man. Like, come on now. Like, yeah. So they bring Romero in. And, of course, he doesn't want to say anything. And they go, he and Torres go back and forth. Because, obviously, Romero is aware of who Torres is from the neighborhood, whatever. Um, and they keep just bringing up Torres' address, like 21st, and I think it's Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. And at first I was like, are they trying to say something about the 21st district? And like, and then I was like, no, that's Torres' address. They just keep yeah. repeating it over and over. And they yeah. like use it as a nickname almost. And it's like right smack in the middle of Pilsen. Yeah. So Ramirez like, fine, you want to jam me up? Like, cool. But like, let everyone back home know where you really stand. Like, no more free passes at this point. Um. And all they really get out of Ramiro is that, like, the one-eighths are handling the situation about who killed Proby. So they do some cell phone records. Basically, they find that on the day of the murder, Proby obviously made calls to Torres. We all knew that. But also had a bunch of incoming calls from a guy named Kiko. And Torres is like, yeah, I know Kiko. He's like, I know his sister, at least Mia. Obviously, Mia. We'll get to Mia in a hot second. Mm-hmm. Mia. Um, and basically they were able to ping Kiko's phone to Proby's block, like at the time of her death. So Kevin and Torres go to pick him up and they have this conversation and Tor- or Kevin's like, listen, like, I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, it's not easy working a case in the hood with your people. He's like, I've been there. I can shake it. And or I can shake you up. And Torres is like, yeah, but like in my neighborhood, you know, people don't trust the police. He's like, and I just take care of problems, you know, whatever problems I can't. And they get interrupted before Kevin can ask him, like, how he goes about it. But we find out at the end of the episode how he typically goes about taking care of his problems. But Oh, yeah. So they get shots fired, you know, calls of shots fired. Kiko, they see Kiko run out of the house. He runs in one direction. The person going after Kiko runs in the other direction. So Torres goes after the shooter which, and then Kevin leaves a guy who's been shy to go after Torres. Uh, and he's like, you're going to be fine. And he just like runs <laughs> in the other direction. Hope you don't die later. Yeah. So Torres ends up killing the shooter, who of course is someone who works with Renee. So basically the one aides are going after Kiko. Um, so that's where we're at. So Torres decides to go pay Mia a visit at her job. And she's refusing to talk about her brother. And Torres is like, but you always talk to me, Mia. Like, everyone always talks to me. And she's like, yeah, but you never worked the block before. Which, I mean, yeah, it's true. Like, he's a cop now. Like, it was one thing when he was just being an unofficial Avenger in the neighborhood. But, like, now now he's a cop and they don't trust the cops. So, like, even though this is someone they have trusted in the past, now they see him as, like, the enemy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is Torres Matt Murdock? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not the worst one, <laughs> or is he like 
a spider man no that's gallo oh no that is gallo that's right just because he swings on things and gallo does like <laughs> he's matt murdoch torres is daredevil okay going with it we'll go with it <laughs> so listen so then we get Tor- towards apologizes to Mia and then he also kind of like flirts his way into a date at the same time which we learn is not really a date it's a undercover but he like, realized the first way wasn't working he was like marks <laughs> <laughs> tequila yeah but it also was like it was weird and awkward but I also didn't Hated at no. the same time. <laughs> What's like, happening? Tourism is more game than other people in Chicago. So, like, oh, oh yes, they had fantastic chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did have really good chemistry. That was a little of a bummer. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Yeah, and now we also know that Torres' secret weapon is his smile. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It had when I was rewatching it this morning. I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on this date, date, Torres notices a guy. They're at the restaurant that Mia works at or whatever. They notice Torres what notices a guy walk in, but like doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything. Mia hits the bathroom, and Torres decides to take her phone and go through it. And I was like, Torres, mm. I was like, mm. Torres, no. But also Mia, password that sucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes through the phone. He doesn't really get that much into it because he all of a sudden busts out of the date again. The date because he gets a call from his mom. So of course, his mom called him a few times. He's freaking out because he thinks that something's gonna happen to her, like it happened to Proby. Turns out that's a false alarm. She's having issues with the school alarm. So false alarm there. But what does happen is Mia ends up getting beaten up in the bathroom by the guy who came in earlier, who's clearly with the whites. And Kevin, Kevin's the one that finds her in the bathroom. All because, of course, they're looking for info on where she goes. Like, that Kevin team in the bathroom was so good. Mm, and yeah. it makes me a little bummed that we don't get the more only it. reason why we're getting Kevin teams right now is because we have a new character. Like, I feel like we wouldn't be getting this. We've never really gotten this Kevin content when it's been other character-centric episodes, ever. Right. And so, like, now we're only getting it because we have a new character that needs to learn the ropes or something. Like, we don't... I don't know. No, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, we were talking even last night, too, like, because a lot of people on the internet were like, well, this should have been Jay. And it's like, yeah, we were really excited for Jay to mentor Torres. That was yeah. never a secret. But in this particular instance, when it was Torres dealing with an issue of working in your neighborhood, yeah. it was always going to have to be Kevin to be the one to be there for Torres. Like, Jay could not have been there for him in the same way that Kevin was in this moment. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I hadn't really thought about that. But like, aside from Kevin episodes, yeah, we haven't really gotten a ton of Kevin content. And like we this. did get a lot of Kevin last night, which was really nice to see because even at that point Torres comes back to the restaurant when she realizes his mom is fine and he's like freaking out about the fact because he's like listen I saw the guy he's like if I had stayed I could have you know helped Mia whatever and Kevin's like no like it wasn't your fault like Kevin's the one that like calms him down and like gives him a pep talk and I I really I thought that was a really great moment Mm -hmm. um and so he's like listen like you still gotta go talk to Mia but like calm yourself before you go over there 
So he does go talk to Mia and Ambo, and she, it takes a while. Like, he really has to work at it. And he really, I will say this, Torres knows, I, not, I still think a lot of it was genuine and, like, he cares about Mia, he cares about her brother, but, like, he still knew the exact way to kind of manipulate her emotion. Like, he's still a cop, yeah. so, like, he knew the exact way to, like, manipulate her emotions to make sure she trusted him enough to give up Kiko's phone. At that point, he doesn't have location, he just has a phone number, but, like, she, he knew, like, he cared and he was doing it out of the goodness of his heart, I do believe that, but he also knew the exact way to do it because of his now cop background. Right. So, basically, like he says, they finally give up the, you know, Kiko's phone and they were able to ping or whatever. So, intelligence goes after Kiko. And again, they finally, it's Torres the one that kind of, like, corners him and, like, tracks him down and it's, like, gets him to stop running. Again, same way. He's like, I care about you. You know, I care about your sister. He's like, let me help you. You know, he knows what to say. So they bring Kiko in, and Kiko's like, listen, I didn't kill Proby. And they are able to prove that, like, that he did not kill Proby. But he comes clean. He's like, listen, I sold switches from the 1-8s. And he's like, I hit them at Proby's. She didn't know. And then when I tried to go get him back, like, she wasn't understanding. So she didn't let me in. And he's like, I finally, like, the day she was murdered, he's like, I was the one that broke down the door, whatever. And he finally gives up the name of the guy, and it's Chewy, who was one of the guys that they ran into at the park earlier. So basically, they go to his apartment, Torres shoots Chewy dead, and that's that. But, like, is that baby's first kill? Do we think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, as a cop. As a, did he, the episode he was in in season 10, did he, did he kill that guy? Season 9? No. No, oh, I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't think so. I, have, I don't remember. He's just getting thrown into the deep end real fast. Yeah. So... He's clearly a little shaken, so he goes back to the locker room, and he switches out his shirt, and we get a full circle moment, because the beginning of the episode starts, he's at his locker with his hands on the locker or whatever, he touches, he's got a little, like, it looks like a tarot card almost, of, like, Jesus, I think, or I don't know, with some religious symbol on it, and he touches that, and we get this full circle moment, because he does the same thing although this time he's shirtless and that shot the back shot yeah so he gets so so then they like zoom in he like they go behind and we see the back tat and i have to the back tat says um i'm trying to remember i thought i had it written down somewhere um something about here oh here i am send me which is a bible verse apparently i don't know but apparently it's some bible verse and I was just, I thought that was shot was like amazing. And especially yeah. because it becomes more clear, like he flexes in the right way and it becomes like the writing becomes more clear. And I just thought that was an amazing shot. And I like how full circle it was from like the way the episode started to the way it ends. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so well good. done. So well done. So basically the episode ends though. And Torres goes home, he sees Mia and she's like really mad because he had promised her that he was going to protect Kiko. But Kiko still got 20 years. And he's just, he, I mean, he doesn't really know what to say at that point. He's like, he can't say anything that's going to make it better. And then he runs into Ramiro again. And, you know, he's like, listen, you're not supposed to be here. Ramiro's like, you can't, you know, for some deal you made when you were a kid, like that doesn't hold up anymore. And Torres just basically, he like takes off the badge. He throws it down in the grass. And so he's like, listen, it's just me and you right now. And Torres... Towards the end of beating the guy, like, almost to death, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he lays it into him, and that's where we're at. 
And so obviously clearly that's how Torres was able to keep peace in the neighborhood by four is because he would just beat people up. Yeah. Uh, like he did his stepdad that one. Yeah. Um, so before we get into listener thoughts, there was a TV, I mean, Benjamin did some press and I haven't read all of it yet. Obviously we're recording in the morning, not late at night. So I haven't had a chance to read, but there was a TV line article and I thought Benjamin said some interesting things. So I wanted to bring it up talking about the moment where he almost beat the guy to death. He says in that moment, he knew he was the only, that was the only way. And he didn't think of potential repercussions. He thought, okay, there's someone here threatening my family. If you don't want to take it on the right path, I will show you if you're in pain. I will go all in so that you respect me. And I don't think of ever hurting my family. It was just very animalistic, raw, truthful part of him that just came out. Hmm. Yeah. Something I'm curious about though, because we obviously talk a lot about the violence. On, I've been thinking about this last night. I was thinking about this morning. As our, we talk a lot about the violence on the show and how PD shows a very violent way that the cops behave and how it's not doing, it's not really great that we show how much violence. I mean, they've toned back on it some, but obviously still not the way it should be. With Torres doing this, even though technically he made it very clear that in that moment he wasn't a cop but he's still I mean you're, yes you're not wearing your badge technically yeah. that, but like you are still a cop like I just wonder if this is gonna come back and bite him in the ass is it like I mean what do we what do we what do you guys think about that given the context of like how violent PD is and that being PD's reputation and like towards literally just beating the guy almost to death for no real reason essentially I feel like in this situation it was I don't think in, down the line he'll get in trouble for it. I feel like it was just, like, to prove... Yeah. Not, like, to prove a point, but, like, just to show more about him and, like, like yeah. you saying. But I think if he continues to have that mindset down the line in certain situations, it will get him in trouble. It's when he does it with the badge on that he's going to run into issues. Right. And, well, and so then that kind of leads into the next point. So they, I guess, asked him about the similarities between both Torres and Lloyd. And Benjamin said that he thought they were cut from the same cloth. He says they're very similar. I think that's why they respect each other because Voight had to sign off for Torres to be part of this. It wasn't just Halstead. There are so similar, there are so many similarities that I can't wait to explore that relationship when we get a chance. There's a lot to unpack. It hurts my heart to hear him say they're cut from the same cloth, but also, I mean, the given the top part of what he says about how, you know, he's like, I'm going to take things into my own hands and like make you respect me. I see it. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was wondering with, like, the violent, like, I just, I do worry if that's the way he's, it was one thing when he, that was the way he handled things in the past, and I don't know if this specific instance will come back and bite him in the ass, but like you said, if it really, if he continues to handle things like this and doesn't learn that, like, he can't do that can't that way, that, yeah. he had, there is a line that he, you know, ha- he he's can't going cross, to cross now, yeah. yeah, but, like, it will come back and bite him in the ass, and, I mean, granted, maybe he would, but I don't know. And it's pity, so, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. I just, I thought that was really interesting that he, you know, I, I can see why he said, you know, given Benjamin's reason that he was doing it to protect family and whatever. But like, I think now knowing that he's got to be careful. Mm-hmm. He, he's got to really be careful. Um, so we did get a few listener thoughts. Um, Jen said, how do you see the team dynamic shifting with Torres in the picture? So I noticed something pretty interesting during this episode was that it looks like you've got Bergewater all, or Berzikwater. Sorry, I was like, what's all three of them again? <laughs> um, 
you've got all three of them like rising to the occasion to bring this guy on board and train him. So all of a sudden in Berserkwater, they've gone from like the, the kitty little detectives to now they're the big siblings. They detectives. Unfortunately. Yeah. So now they're like the big siblings and they're showing towards the ropes and they're all watching over him. It's like he's the fourth child now. But now, and it, the show has always been in a situation where there's been Berserk Water on the right, Upstead on the left. Well, now that you've got Halstead out of the picture, what are what's going to happen to Haley? Yeah. I think next week will be really telling on who she leans on. Who she leans on, where she's at, like, you know. Although they keep wanting to hint that she's going to lean on Voight, and I'm like, literally anything else. Yeah. Literally anything else. Trudy. I mean, literally anyone. Literally anyone. Torres. I mean, literally anyone else. Can she go down the block to 51 and lean on Sev? Right. Sev seems like a great shoulder to lean on. Yeah. Like, I just, and it seems like how they're writing it now is that White is just going to be in the center of every single character storyline. So it's going to be like Torres, Voight. And then it's going to be like Haley, Voight. Kim and Voight. Adam Voight. Like yeah. every, he's attached to everyone now more than he was in the past. I know he's like the leader. But they didn't, I feel like that's but because no. they don't know what to do with Voight. Exactly. And it's just like, you couldn't have come up with anything. I mean, if we're, if Voight's sticking around, you can't just have him be inserted into everyone else just because he is the main center of the show. Yeah. And he doesn't really have his own plot. Like, right. Right. And they tried that last year with Anna and like clearly that didn't work out. So... <sighs> I just, yeah. Because I can only have the same plot line over and over and over again for Voight. So it's just like, yeah. I will say, though, I think now that Taurus is in the picture, Gina, like you said, I do think Berserk Water is going to really, it really seems like they're taking him under his wing. Although I do know there's been some, like, mentions in different articles that, like, we're supposed to get an Upton Taurus yeah. scene at some point, which I would love to see that. But I just hope that it's not all Kevin and Torres. Yeah, they said that there was Upton and Torres cut from this episode. Oh, it was supposed to be in this episode? Yeah, oh. they said that there were scenes of them cut. Why? I don't know. That would have been great. I know. But, like, I just hope, like, yes, it would be so obvious for Torres to lean in on Kevin, given how this relationship formed in this episode. But, like, I, it, given the way this episode started, too, with, like, him working with Kim and him working with that, like, I hope we get to see him and Kim. I hope we get to see him and Adam. Like, I hope we yeah. see more of him with everyone. Petey needs to do what Med does and rotate their partners. Right. And really build those connections that we get to see. Right. Torres is basically the intern at this point. He's yeah. basically like Kai or Dr. Hudgens, and he has to learn from everyone. So give him yeah. a chance to learn from everyone. everyone. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Heather B. had a couple comments. She said, overall, I really like this episode. I thought they did a good job of showing how competent Torres is as a cop, but how rattled he can be because of inexperience handling things. She said Benjamin's doing a great job, and I love how much he and Torres fit right in. I, I really agree. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with Torres, but something else I was thinking about is because PD does a lot of character-centric episodes, at this point, I almost, I think it's going to hit me in a couple episodes, really, that, like, Jay is not coming back. Because mm -hmm. at this point, it just feels like this wasn't a Jay episode, and we just... We had a Torres episode, here. and which happens all the time. How many times have we seen like a, a Patty episode, or like, wait, was Upstead even in this episode? Yeah, like, we were like it happens it. all the time. So I think it's really in like a few episodes when we haven't gotten a J episode again. I'm like, wait, yeah, he's really, he's really, really gone. gone. Yeah, that's really where it's gonna hit. It's just hits because Haley, like, it's just seeing her grieving, and then like, I just can't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next week is going to be so fast. It's going to be it's really gonna be brutal. Well, and so Heather says she, Haley's comment about Torres maybe not knowing the victim as well as he thought makes me sad because we know she's referencing Jay, and for her to think he, that she doesn't know him is just devastating. And I, she says, "Is growth really only possible when a character hits rock bottom first? I hate this for her and Violet. Yeah. That's how they view it. Yeah. That's literally that's how that's why one Chicago writes these traumatic." insane storylines because then they're like she's gonna grow from it yeah when at least if you're gonna have that like at least with hannah i mean granted we never knew hannah was coming back and hannah hit rock bottom left and then now but like at least even like we were just talking about with hannah asher like yes she's hitting i mean not rock bottom but like she's hitting boundaries yeah but it's she's still finding a way to grow from hitting those boundaries I mean, granted, she can only hit the boundaries for so much longer, I yeah. think. But, like, still, right now it's working because she is moving past the boundaries. You know, she's hitting it, and then she's moving past it. Hitting yeah. it, moving past it. But, like, yeah, I really, it, when she, Heather said that, I was like, yeah, they really do have their characters hit rock bottom a lot. And then, you know, grow. grow. And it's like, you can grow from not hitting rock bottom. Exactly. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that mentality. Uh she said, also said, I'm really curious about how much religion will play into with Taurus. He already caught a Bible reference in episode two. And we had a few more this episode with the tattoo and the prayer card in the locker. His prayer card is a St. Christopher, patron of saints of travelers. He is known for carrying an increasingly heavy burden, a child later revealed to be Christ across the river. That imagery fits well with the burden he carried in this episode. The tattoo is a Bible verse from the book of Isaiah, which in which God asked for a volunteer to go out and prophesize. And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. But prior to that verse, Isaiah had to atone for sin. And I wonder what Torres feels has to be. I wonder what Torres feels he has had to atone for before becoming a cop or to defend his block, or even if we will get more of that backstory because we've never had a deeply religious character on the show. I hope they explore it more, but let's be real. It's PD, so I'm not bored by breath. That's interesting. I, yeah, I definitely had no idea about any of that. Yeah. And I remember Benjamin did say that his tattoos really come into play. And like, yeah. Or like, big, why he's his character. Right. So I'm sure it will. I hope so. I think that, because yeah, we've never really seen anything like on any of the shows, really. Um, I would be really interesting if they decided to go that route. I hope they do. Um, she also said, side note, do you think that we were supposed to be thinking of Voight being Voight or Jay beating up the guy who played on Aaron when Torres beat the guy up at the end? I don't think we were supposed to, but I mean, if you did. No, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say I thought of Voight being Voight, but I definitely, like I said, I thought about Torres, you know, falling trapped into the, yeah. like, violent police brutality side of things when I saw that. Um, and if, yeah, and if he's really going to start learning from Voight, like oh maybe my you can't work yeah not looking not looking forward to that yeah but that's pd that is pd i thought i'd like that i i was really worried given jay leaving last week that i thought that was kind of gonna overshadow everything yeah but i was really impressed with this being towards his first like major episode i i really i really did enjoy it yeah i did they re- really set a good, like, good groundwork for his character. Yeah, let's hope they just don't mess it up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which, like, if you're going to intro a character, this is how you do it. Side-eye at med. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you Truly. leave him around for, like, two or three episodes, then let us get to know him. Yeah. yeah. So that we can latch on and actually care when they're in scenes. 
Yeah, no, I, lo- I love this. I, I really, I'm, I really enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. So, any other notes on PD? No. All right, we did the thing. Yay. We did it. Yay. As always, you know where to find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's right across the board, TikTok. Please, for the love of God, follow us on TikTok. Yo, we hit a thousand followers. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. I haven't, I barely even looked at it this morning. Um, yeah. We did so. the thing. We did the thing. We did the thing. So, uh, yeah, follow us on TikTok, please. I'm trying really hard to make them like bad funny. Just kind of <laughs> go with it here. But yeah. Um, Oh, I, I don't even know what I usually say. Lauren, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Thank you for joining so, us again. Yes, thank you for coming back two weeks in a row. Our thank little sister, we love you. I know everyone's like, that's, that's your title officially now. You're our little sister. I love it. Truly. <laughs> it fits. Yes. Um, you can find me, like, me singly at Ruzix Burgess on Twitter or the Locker Room OC, the Locker Room OC pod on TikTok and Locker Room OC on Instagram. Yes. But yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so you know where to find us. If you like the show, which we really hope you do, you've made it to the end of this episode. Uh, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Brenna? I'm at Brenna K13. So next week is normal. Yes. We'll both be here. Well, not to here. Not like here together <laughs> physically in the same place, but like we will both be on the pod. The week after is when things get interesting because... He just going out of the country. <laughs> he just going out of the country. I I need a nap so bad, you guys. Um, so yeah, after that it'll get wonky, but next week is normal. So in the meantime, everybody have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.